Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Side quest. I know you think it's silly, but I really can feel something here, Paul. So what are we going to do about it? What if Jacob and May came up for the weekend? She told me once that people pay her to do seances. This house has an energy all its own. We don't need to find the darkness here, Paul. It's everywhere. You're not leaving here. You stay, you satisfy the darkness. Every 30 years or so, the goddamn place just wakes up. And it demands new blood. Do you think cinephiles are, are on this other end of the spectrum? But I think a cinephile is more of a student of cinema. A movie lover is going to be less discriminated. Side quest. Drink some of this, Michael. Be one of us. Sometimes, that is better. I'm sick of fucks using one too many movies. No. Don't you blame the movie! Side quest. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains. Okay. Show me. Side quest. The podcast. You opened it. We came. It's just a podcast. We'll review your movie from every angle. Side quest. Welcome everybody to episode number. What are we on now? Six. Six. Yep. Perfect. Welcome to episode number six here of Side Quest, where I am your one of your co-hosts here uh, from Journey with a Cinephile. I'm David Garrett, and I'm being joined once again by it's your main man Jake from Dog Mariachi Studios, and I'm here from Guitar Case Full of Reviews podcast. And today on this episode, we are going to tackle a. We were trying to see if we could find another film that would sync up well enough with you know Jug Face and everything. And, I mean, this one, I didn't necessarily know if it would or not, but it ended up working out a little bit better than I was expecting. But that is the movie of We Are Still Here. And uh, this is a movie that I had heard about through podcasts, but didn't know a whole, necessarily, a lot about it. Um, what about yourself, Jake? Did you, um, when was the first time you heard about this? Uh, again, man, like, I, I, I don't know where, I, where I'm at and you're at, man. You're somewhere different from me because I don't hear about any of this stuff. Uh, <laughs> I had never heard about this, but whenever you sent it to me and then I started uh, kind of checking out the trailers and stuff, and I saw some, you know, kind of people had different, uh, I looked at some of the non-spoiler stuff, but none of the spoiler stuff, so people had some different opinions about it, so, uh, but I don't know, I, I, it looked interesting, but again, it's one of those movies where I had never heard of it until you uh, let me know about it. <laughs> well, perfect, I mean... Uh... Lucked out pretty well. I mean, I listen to uh, quite a range of different stuff. And, I mean, I end up tend to watch, listening to some podcasts where they, you know, kind of do more of the independent sometimes. Or they'll do kind of more deep dives that don't necessarily make it to the mainstream to kind of find, you know, some of these type of movies that are kind of hidden under there. Hmm. Yeah, well, we've been getting a good, a good amount of those. So there's a lot of movies here that are, are really good quality movies, I think. For the most part, on the stuff we've done here on SideQuest, it's been, I mean, for the most part, pretty good quality. There's only one, I think, that was kind of a, no, that was actually good. I was thinking about Intruder, but that, that the kills on that was actually really good. So yeah, <laughs> the quality I mean, has actually been pretty good on these movies that we're talking about. I was going to say, 
I mean, I'm there with you. Is like not everything we've watched. I would necessarily, you know, put up in that like upper echelon. But we have kind of tackled some ones that. I mean, even if there's a little bit, there's usually something of quality in it. It might not be everything, but at least something that we can kind of at least dissect a little bit and kind of delve into a little bit more than, you know, just kind of, I guess, kind of surface level type stuff. Yeah, we get a lot of interesting premises and we get a lot of, I think, I think some creative stuff going here. So I've been, I'm, I've been having a blast, man. So let's go ahead and jump into this one, man. We are still here. It's another one that I think will be probably added to that list of, of interesting movies for people to check out. <laughs> I definitely agree. Well, let me go ahead and introduce it then. We have We Are Still Here from 2015. This is written and directed by Ted, I think it's Gia Hagen. And then this movie stars Andrew Ceasing, the lovely Barbara Crampton. And then another connection that we have to the last film is that this one has Larry Fessenden in it. And, and then also I should throw in there that Lisa Marie plays his uh, wife in this movie. Can I ask you a question, and man? This is a, well, real quick. Yeah, go Who ahead. is Lisa Marie? Yeah. Is she somebody I should know? I don't know. It is a name that kind of struck me as it sounds familiar, but I'm going to pull her IMDb up real quick just to see if anything pops up. I mean, none of the movies that. she was in popped up. And I was like, this oh. isn't, this isn't, what's the name's daughter? She's way too young. Um, it does look like that she is oddly fairly popular, that she's worked with um, Woody Allen, Matthew Modine, uh, Tim Burton, and Rob Zombie. Really? I'd have, yeah, maybe like, maybe I just funny. didn't know who she it's, was. I, I don't know why. Is this something about the name Lisa Marie? It's like, I should know who she is. I don't know. I don't know if it's just the way it sounds. I don't know. Well, it's funny. She doesn't have the longest list of movies that she's been in, but... The pictures that pop up when I looked up, like, her IMDb page is from Mars Attacks, and that is where I know her from. Yeah, I didn't know her from anything, so. <laughs> it blew me away. I was like, I don't know. Okay, so. Yeah, it's, it's I, I think it's just her name is what kind of sticks out with her. I'm sorry, but I, I know I got you off track here a little bit, man. But that, I just like her oh, name no, just sounds like, like you just say at Lisa Marie. Like, okay, what is that? <laughs> right. I don't know. Okay, sorry. Nope, nope, you're good. The last thing would just be that this is a horror mystery film from the United States. Uh, is there anything we wanted to get into before we actually jump into kind of going through the movie itself? So do you want to talk about uh, some of the homages behind the movie? There's a few of them um, that they I referenced. I think we can or... kind of... Yeah, um... I'm just going to say it right now as well. I'm going to throw up the spoiler section just so that way here that if anything past this point, uh, I mean, if you've listened to any of our past stuff, you know that we kind of do that, you know, throughout the whole thing. But I just want to make sure that I feel at least comfortable knowing that if anybody's listened to this point, you know that we are going to do, you know, spoilers going forward. Um, yeah, I know the big one that we had talked about in our pregame was that this references House by the Cemetery, which you had said you hadn't seen that one, right? Yeah, no, that's one I hadn't seen before. See... I was pretty new to, um, cause that, that was directed by Lucio Fulci. I had seen growing up his movie zombie. And then I had seen, um, pretty early on after that from beyond, which house by the cemetery is the third film in his gates of hell trilogy. And house by the cemetery is my least favorite of the three. 
because I don't feel like it necessarily fits into what the other two were trying to do. But having, you know, read that, like, trivia after the fact, I can see what they're going for with that because that movie definitely plays on the fact that there is something sinister in the basement of this house in the middle of nowhere. And they actually both take place in um, New England of the United States. Okay, yeah, because watching the uh, trailer for it, uh, for that movie, I could see... Just the way it looked, I could see some similarities in kind of what they were trying to do. Right. Visually, at least. So, yeah, I'm with you on that for sure. I bet. Um, but do you think it's worth the watch? Um, check it out. I do. I would definitely say that, like, my favorite from that is From Beyond. And then the second one that I enjoy is actually the first movie in that trilogy of The City of... I think it's The City of the Living Dead. That's the two that I would prefer more, but House by the Cemetery is definitely interesting with what they're playing with, because it plays with, um, it's almost kind of like a slasher film a little bit, but it's very, like, supernatural and kind of just plays with some weird things. Okay, well, I might put that in my list of older movies to check out while I'm kind of going yeah, through some sure. of those, for sure. Okay, um, now, as, a, as my favorite horror movie of all time, uh, there's a reference to Nightmare on Elm Street in the movie. Did you see that? Uh, not sure if I did. They they said that the steps, there's a scene that uh, happens oh, on the steps. Yeah. And that scene was, was yep. for that movie is what I'm told. And <laughs> yep, just, a, just a cool fact on that scene. Well, actually, I'll share, I'll share it later when we get to it in the movie. But there's a cool fact about it. Um, okay. The production of that scene. But we'll get back to that one. Okay. Um. um and the character names, uh, like I said, I had never seen House of, was a House by the Cemetery, but the character names yep. are all, well, not all, but mostly, most of the characters are named for characters in that movie. So that was something that was kind of a cool thing to do. An extra layer, if, you, if you've seen that movie, that's an extra layer to add in there for sure. See, that's funny because I didn't realize it at first, but I do kind of looking at it, I... I'd have to like look at the names from that movie just to make sure that I'm right, but it does kind of make sense looking at it. But yeah, that did not click for me. I will admit that. And um, I don't, I don't know did I mention this here or in our pregame about sto- about the story eyes connection. Uh, nope, that not yet. We haven't on here. Okay. Um, yeah, the producer and I believe the owner of that of Snowfront Snowfort. Am I saying it right? Snowfort Pictures. And they made Starry Eyes and a couple other movies that I've seen the, the artwork for, but I never did watch them. But there was a connection there uh, from a, a previous episode, Starry Eyes. If you've not seen that, I believe we both recommended it. Yeah, that's a, that one I really like. Yeah, that's a, that was a cool idea they had there, for sure. But, um, but yeah, I, I thought that was cool that uh, it, was, it was from the same producer of, of a previous right. episode. And it's... A similar kind of movie. I mean, not similar, but kind of a weird take on another kind of movie, if that makes sense. Yep, for sure. So, um, let's see, anything else we want to jump into? I thought the, um, I want to get into the Dagmars, if we can, just for a second. Mm-hmm. The look of them. Um, so, I've seen The Fog, and I, and it says mm-hmm. that they were based on, on the characters from The Fog. But you know what it really okay. looked like to me? Like, really, really? Have you ever seen Blade? The Winston Snipes Blade? Yep. It looks like when yep, Blade burns up, I think his name was Quinn. He burns him up, and then he goes to the hospital, and he's in the body bag. And then he, like, comes back to life, and he's just this burnt, 
crispy thing with like weird colored eyes. It looked just like that. So every time I saw it, I just kept thinking to myself, like, I came back to finish you off. I just kept thinking that in my head every time I saw it. Because I've seen the fog, but for some reason, it looked, every time I saw it, it was just blade. Because that dude had long hair, and they kind of had hair, long hair kind of. It was, because if you got burnt up, why would you have hair? That's weird, but I don't know. So I don't know. This. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting though. I mean, I could see them using the fog as the idea, but I mean, in the fog, it's kind of interesting because I mean, obviously, you know, they're in fog the whole time, so you're really just kind of making out shapes in you know that kind of weird glow that they have. Yeah. And I mean, I get I can see the eyes glowing is definitely kind of something that yeah, is reminiscent it. of it. I can see it, but but yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, your reference does make a little bit more sense just because of the fact that I mean, that guy is burned up. So, like, and these people are, as we'll find out as well, is that they are burned as well. And that's how they're kind of stuck in their, um, like, ghostly apparition demon type form. Yeah. So, and I got a, this is going to be a question I'm going to have about them later, too. And we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> but I have a big question, a really big question about that. I don't even know if I talked about it in our pregame. So, you may, you may have the same opinion or you may have an answer. We'll see. All right. I am curious now. All right, well, this movie starts off, which I'm not going to lie, when I was seeing the opening scenes here, we're seeing a bunch of, like, fields, uh, there's snow, the wind's blowing, and it's rural, so we're out in the middle of nowhere here. This actually looks like where I grew up in the, like, early stages of winter, or, like, the last stages of winter, where you still have these weird little pockets of snow. So at first, I wasn't necessarily sure if this was going to take place in the Midwest or, like, the Northeast, but as I said, this does take place in New England, and then we jump into a car ride where we get to meet two of our characters of, we have Paul and Anne Sarchetti, I believe is how you say that, and this is um, Barbara Crampton and then the Andrew Sensegan. Now, I want to say, man, like, because I don't know if it's apparent unless that it's 1979, I don't know that that's apparent any point in this movie except for maybe some exposition we'll hear later but um i feel like this movie is kind of made to be a little more timeless because it feels like it could be present day but also it feels like it could have been 70s or something so it could fit kind of any because they're kind of like in an isolated place and their clothes aren't modern they're kind of modest but they're not super old or super you know what i'm saying so it feels kind of timeless no i agree with you because it wasn't until like when we were getting ready to record i was going through my notes and i that's when it clicked to me is that the producers had bought all of the clothes at a thrift store so they're all kind of like vintage 70s clothing mm -hmm. and it didn't click to me until i read that trivia and then checked back at my notes and i was like oh this movie takes place in the 70s but i agree with you though is i think they do a great job at making it feel timeless where i got lost in it and didn't even necessarily realize the era but then thinking back all of the vehicles are definitely yeah, older you know, more of the 70s yeah. era Right, and they're also using a record player, yeah. which didn't click to me. I was like, oh, I just thought they had, you know, that they were an older couple, so they would have this record player that they would use and whatnot. And so, even the radio yes, was an I older definitely style agree. radio when the sun turns it on. Right. So that's, yeah. It, but I, now I will say this. It didn't feel like the 70s. Like, and, and I don't know saying that like in the back. It's probably better to go timeless than to go a, a specific right. period piece, but... But if, but if if 
if they were going for timeless, I hope so, because it didn't feel like the 70s. Like, it, it wasn't like but a... I mean, you know what I'm talking about when I'm saying that, though? Like Not not in a negative way. I'm just saying, like... Because Timeless is probably a better route, I think. But it just didn't feel... It definitely didn't feel like I was in the 70s when I was watching it. Well, I mean, on top of that, though, I mean... I knew coming in that this was going to be kind of like a haunted house type film. And I think that is kind of an interesting thing to play with here. Is the fact that, if you're like, a Timeless feel is... I mean, ghosts are usually stuck in... I mean, at least it's what people claim are stuck in whatever era they passed away. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, a title like We Are Still Here, making it timeless is kind of like a haunted house in general. Yeah. So I think it's a strategic move to do. If if they didn't mean to, I mean, kudos on them for, you know, lucking into no, it. No, no, I think they I, I, they had to have meant to, I think. Right. Because everything else is kind of styled a certain way on purpose. So it had most of the right. things in this movie, I feel like, are, are, cho are choices on purpose. Nothing I feel like is oh, just, yeah. they got lucky, I think. At least from what I was hearing, they took a lot of time with with making the script and everything. So, oh, for yeah. sure. Okay, let's keep going, man. All right, and then we get some interesting conversation here in this car ride, where we know there's something wrong because they definitely seem distant and that they're not necessarily engaging like a normal loving couple would. And I know this is the part that we kind of were talking a little bit on the pregame is that Anne asks Paul about how the house would be set up for them if they haven't gotten there yet. And then he just makes like an offhanded comment that, you know, they did what they could and then we would figure it out from there. And that's exactly what we get when they actually get to the house is that she takes a picture, like a painting down and starts to move it. And this is where we get to introduce that they seem to have a son, but he wasn't with them in the car ride, but we don't necessarily know what has happened to him as of yet. Yeah, and that, that was something I wasn't clear about. And I think we kind of talked about that for sure about this being their first time going to that house. That was something that I think I missed that line like for a second or something. Maybe I blinked or something. I don't know. But I didn't I didn't catch it. So like I was thinking this was their house already and they were just going back. So the fact that they were new to this house when that's revealed later to me kind of blew me away. I was like, oh, okay. It seems lived in. But I mean, going from that though is I had taken, and we kind of talked about this a little bit, is I was under the assumption that they have been there before and that it was kind of like their almost like country house they go to periodically and that they probably take everything down and they probably end up putting it back up. But there's a line that I'll say here in a little bit that alluded to me to the fact that they've never actually been to this house and this is um, their first time actually moving in. But, I mean, I'm right there with you is that it's a little bit confusing in how everything gets introduced. It didn't take long, though, I don't feel, for at least me, in kind of filling that in. But it wasn't there at first. So let me ask you this. Um, and this is kind of jumping back just, just a little bit, but not too far. Um, do you feel like yeah. that this was kind of like the shining, like a shining thing? You know how it starts with the, the real ominous wind and... You're just in the middle of nowhere and there's snow everywhere and it's kind of isolation in that kind of. And, and I, I could see and it. for them I to mean, be like, feel, supposed to be feeling grief and all that stuff. Like it kind of feels like. I mean, like, yeah. And you could even add an extra layer to that is they are fleeing because he wants to write and then he has gotten in trouble as a teacher back in 
because I mean I think they originate if I remember from the novel in like the New England area as well that they had left and kind of went west because of some of the bad things so it's kind of what they're doing here is trying to get a fresh start somewhere new yeah. which kind of also could correlate to the two yeah I just thought like the way they shot some of the the way they shot the house too felt kind of how the shining how yeah. they would show but I mean like I said this movie is chock full of homages to other stuff so I like I like oh, how sure. I like how they layered it in there because that's a good way to start it I think, mm-hmm. uh, just to set a tone. Agreed. All right, so we're back in the house. Let's get back to the house. Yep, and then we actually get an interesting scene here where Paul ends up going to a bar, and I mean this is just him trying to cope with that. There is some grief there, at least some issues between the two. Okay, I got it. Oh, hold on, then... hold on. So so he did actually go to a bar. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so I, I got so, a, I got a question, man. Because yep. I, I I wasn't clear that this was a bar. It felt like a wall, like in a house, and he was like in a like he was in their house somewhere. So I wasn't clear that he okay. actually left. And the reason why is because the scene that happens later, like I didn't understand why that wouldn't happen at that moment. Um. They don't necessarily show us around the like that lounge. That I feel like you don't to. see anybody so, but him. And there's a chance that they might not necessarily know who he is. And we definitely get the idea later on that in that scene you're referring to, they definitely know who he is by then. Yeah, they just seem, that just seemed weird because if they, well, we'll get to how they react later. But it seemed like you would have a weird experience every time. It seems like, especially if it was just got there. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay, keep going. Let's keep going, man. Because she's drinking and then tea, right? This is the the wife's drinking. Uh, yeah, I mean they end up they drink pretty uh, <laughs> regularly throughout this movie, and that's something that I'll get to. Um, I have a note in my uh, in my notes here about how many uh, how many glasses of whiskey about that. <laughs> <laughs> I did not take keep track of that, but the brand is definitely interesting. Yeah, I know. Uh, I will say. Um, and then this is where the cold open ends, which I thought was kind of a cool thing to uh, kind of introduce you to get you kind of up to speed where they're watching TV, the wind blows, and then the picture of their son is knocked over, even though all the windows are closed and it ends up, I know, shattering the glass of it. And this is kind of the first thing that we get that there is something supernatural going on in this house. And this is one of the first times that Anne believes that, um, this could be somebody sending them a sign. Yeah, they it gets supernatural kind of, but you know what I like I like kind of the slow start kind of how you slowly start hearing things and we see a lot of shots of the house. Do you think you think? Yeah. So I mean it's oh no yeah it's dope when they when they do it real slow like that. I'm always no, looking to see like okay is something gonna move and I'm supposed to notice it like what so. They, they, oh they yeah, no, I'm looking at right every away. window. I'm looking at, I'm looking for anything to move or anything to look weird or every time. I'm staring at every single window, trying to see if like the curtains move. There's something in. Somebody the runs by like, oh, or something, anything. Uh, yep, I'm staring at all the stuff when they kind of do with the tone that they've already set. That's exactly what I was doing every time they'd give us these establishing shots of the house. Yeah, I really enjoy. I really enjoyed all that. That kind of parts. Because I think they shot it pretty good, and I think they did a good job with the the way they kind of set up those scenes. Now, what did we get to? Did we I get the agree. visit from Dave first, or do the... That's before the friends come, right? Um, yes, because actually, next is where... This is kind of interesting to me, is that 
Anne is going through a box of stuff, and this is oh, where yeah. okay, I started. Go. To, I got you. I started to question if like, did they have the? I was wondering if they had a son, and if that was like if they had passed away. And then I was also curious as to why they have a box of his stuff at the house, because like there's a baseball glove and then like a baseball. And then I also thought it was weird and kind of a cool little homage here that they had a comic of Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos. Not sure if that has anything to do with this movie or not, but kind of a cool little thing that they, um, you know, introduced there. So what's that reference to? I don't, I don't know the reference. Um, I just, I mean, because I know like that's from like the Marvel Universe, but I don't know if necessarily know if that has anything to do with here. Oh, okay, okay. I just didn't know if there was like another movie yeah. reference or another uh, something like that. Uh, well, because I mean like... Because, I mean, Sergeant Fury in, like, now, I don't know how many of the movies were out by the time this was made. I think it already had been, but, like, Samuel L. Jackson was playing him in, like, the Iron Man movies by then. So I don't know if they're just trying to be like, hey, we're fans of this. But when I saw that comic book, I was like, does that have anything to do with anything? Oh, okay. But I don't necessarily think it does. It's just another one of those little things they sprinkled in, probably. I Like, I'm wondering if somebody on the, like, crew was a big fan of it, so they just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, not really sure. Now, you know, the items she has, they feel really like a little kid, too. Did you feel like that? See, that's why I don't know if it was necessarily that they were her sons, because that is exactly what I was kind of thinking, is that if they still have that stuff, like, why would you bring it to the house as well if it's their sons, because he was an adult, like, away at college. I got a question, too. Did you notice what the name was on the baseball I couldn't make out what it said. Somebody Cooper, I think. I don't, I don't know. I Yeah, I didn't catch what it was I didn't was know if either. that was important or not, if that was to date the movie. Maybe that was like a star of the time or if it was some. So, okay. So, I didn't, I didn't say anything really about it. So, I guess it wasn't. Right. I kind of feel if it was, it would have had like um, something in the trivia, I would assume. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, no, I'm with you because I was wondering if. It was autographed by somebody. So, I thought maybe that right. means meant something. But, who knows? It may be just another Sprinkling for the one person that got they got it. <laughs> you never know. Right. Okay, um so well, where are we at now, man? Um uh, go going well, downstairs, she ends up, right? To the basement. Yep, she ends up hearing somebody call out to her and then she like call uh, she hears a noise, she calls out and nobody answers her. So she goes to the basement where she just sees that there's a hole like at the top of like the wall where it goes into like a little like almost like crawl space. And then this, I think, here is where they're paying homage to the change lane because that baseball bounces down the steps down to her in the basement. Mm -hmm. And this is another thing where she thinks that somebody is, you know, sending her a sign. But we actually get to see a figure behind her that is all in black. So is that Bobby or is that so? Because that's I don't think I'm ever clear on that either. Is that supposed to be her son see, or? Because we're told later that it's so, not. Because I feel like we're told later that it maybe I, it wasn't. I think it's the dark entities that are in the house, and I think they're just messing with her. But I think she's so desperate for, like, to know that her son is good and that he's, you know, on the other side, that she is kind of buying into something that's not really there. It just seems, you know what seems weird to me thinking about it right now? Um, mm -hmm. We don't ever know the powers that this thing has, right? Uh, and also, I mean, technically... Outside of the climax, no. But technically, because they're called the Dagmars, right? Yep. Are they working for the house? 
are they just also something you have to worry about inside the house? Because uh, I was confused. I think like, they're part of the... Like, there, there's two plots there, right? Like, the house needs something, and the Dagmores want revenge. I don't understand. I never understand the, why they're connected. Like, why... Does the Dagmore work for the house? Like, is it is it a Freddy scenario where, like, they, the lady got burnt up? Like, then the Dagmar came... I mean, the, the house said, do you want to live forever? I can give you the key. And then, like, some sperm went into their stomach, and they became, like, a Freddy live forever? Like, what... what are we, I don't understand that. I take it as that is the entity just taking on a form of kind of like their first sacrifices that happened when this house was built. Oh, so... I don't so necessarily not, think that there's another... We'll, we'll talk about... Let's talk I about think it. I there an there's a part later where there's yeah. a conversation directly with one of them, though. So that's why I'm not... I'm not sure. I'm never sure. If they're their own entity or if they're just henchmen. Because that's something I'm... Yeah, like, I, I just think there is a darkness that was there, and I think that's the form it now takes. Okay, so, it's, so, so the house and these things are one and the same. They're not separate. I... Th- I, that's the way I took it, at least. Okay, because it felt it felt like there was two agendas, and I didn't understand. At the end, they all work together, but it, in the in the story, it feels like we're setting up that there's two agendas that have to be fulfilled. So I was confused. Okay, all right, let's keep going. I'm sorry, man. I don't want to keep sidetracking this, but it just came to my mind. I was like, who do they work for? No, you're I mean. Um, this is actually also the same time that I got that line that made me realize it's the first time at the house because that's where they dropped the moving from the city isn't moving from the memories where it feels like Paul is really doing what he can to move on where Anne isn't. Yeah, he, I mean, he seems a lot, he makes a transition in the movie because he seems really cold and regular early. Oh, he starts off very cold, yeah. yeah. So he makes a transition a lot, I think, which I think is... It's pretty good. But, yeah, he seems just oh, like yeah. he's... he's. You find out later he's not really over it, but he, he seems like he's way over it. Right. And she just seems like she's lost forever. Like, in her eyes, she's always got, like, this distant look most of the movie. Right. Yeah, so... <laughs> you know her haircut, too? Right. Like, it reminded me of one of those movies, that kind of Bob short thing. Yeah, no, it really does. Is that the same haircut as, uh, uh, what was the movie? Rosemary's Baby? Didn't she have, like, a weird short haircut like that? Or am I thinking of another uh, person? I mean, she does have... Like a short bob cut. This That's messing with me, man. I'm, I'm going to have to pull up that picture. No, you're, <laughs> yeah, she does have... Well, I know she, Barbara does have very short hair in this movie compared to some movies that I've seen her with, like... That she, I mean, I've seen her quite a bit where she's had much longer yes, hair. Confirmed. But yeah, no, she definitely does have. Confirmed. Yeah. I just pulled up a picture. That is a hers and Rosemary's Berry is a little bit shorter, but it's a very similar short bobby. Because I remember, yeah, because in the I movie thought, she yeah. cuts her hair. Like I don't, I forgot why she did it, but it was in spite of the husband or something, or to get attention. I don't remember. Yeah, and she also, yeah, she wanted to change because she was feeling like yeah, she was okay. ill, and so that's so yeah, yeah, she cuts her hair almost like that, but a little shorter. So I wonder if that's right. another one of those little sprinklings to have the have her hair kind of be kind of weird like that. <laughs> Never know. With these with these people, when people are really taking that kind of that kind of level of detail, you don't you never really know. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so where are we? Uh, um, then from here is where we kind of start to get the idea that there are issues with the basement as that it's extremely hot, and it seems to smell like smoke, but there is no reason for that. Okay, can I ask you a question and, right here? I, I yeah. have to keep jumping. <laughs> what does smoke smell like? Is that a weird um, question to ask? Because that's, that's what I said yeah, to I myself. Really... I was like, doesn't it depend on what's burning, what it smells like? Yeah, I mean... I, I was thinking that to myself. I was like, I feel like, depending on what's cooking, it has a certain smell. Or what's burning. Like, I can I can think of burning rubber. I can think of, like, burning paper. I can think of... You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm thinking of yeah. maybe burning food. Like, But I feel like there's a smell. Is, is smoke a smell? Am I, is that a weird question? I don't know. I feel like... It is a weird question because, I mean, I'm a... I don't know what necessarily like does it it's smell like something's that, burning or does it smell like i don't know like what is it's either it must be either like wood burning smell or it must be he's concerned i know he's very concerned with their um furnace yeah. and that he thinks that it's overworking okay i don't know I've, i don't know why that was a question i had i was like what does smoke smell like doesn't it depend on yeah, didn't really burning? know how to answer that at first. Yeah, I don't know. But I see what you're kind of getting at as you kind of break it down. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, I had that in my notes. Nah. I was like, in my notes, I put, what the smoke smell like? <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Okay. Oh, uh, no. It's, uh, and the next is where Dave and Kat stop by. And oh, the, this is where we learned the that. Did already come? That, I thought, did he come before that? Nope, he comes after oh, that. After, oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And then this is where we learn, though, that they've actually been there for two weeks and that they've been kind of sticking to themselves. And this is where the history of the house gets revealed. Oh, okay. That's, oh, you said Dave. My fault. Dave comes, right? Yep. So. Yeah, because this is where we learned that Dagmar was the original owners of the house and that the town helped them to build a house in 1859 and that it was going to be used as a funeral parlor. But then the Dagmars got run off because they were selling corpses to the nearby colleges or they were selling them to, according to Dave, Boston Asians to make food. And then, as I said, they were run off and that they were just burying empty coffins. And there was a nod here to some movie. I forgot what they said, but the college was from some other movie. <laughs> that he said. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, what movie was it? They were selling it over to um, Essex County which I didn't necessarily pick up on, but this is, should have been the first thing that I would have noticed, that that is where H.P. Lovecraft's fictional oh, Mesotonic University yeah, is, which is also where um, Reanimator is supposed to take yes, place. Yes, Reanimator. That's where you that's, went to college. Okay, that's, maybe that's what I was thinking about too, Reanimator. Because I was like, that sounds familiar, and but actually, I don't know where I remember it from. And actually, Barbara Crampton is also in Reanimator. Oh, my God. She is. She is the young lady. She is. Wow. <laughs> Oh my god, I, I didn't even realize that was her. Okay, oh. nice. Okay, I like that. Yep, have a big crush on her for a yes. while. Yes, okay, that's a cool movie. <laughs> um, okay, where are we at? Where are we at now? Okay, Dave, so who is this guy? Like, he's. I, I don't understand the purpose of the ex, all the exposition he's going to drop here. I mean, I understand why they're doing it, but I don't. For, for the reasons that he. For the reasons that he's going to give us later. I don't understand why he would be telling them that. It feels like it would go against his interests. Um, 
I don't necessarily think so because this is where he states that the house needs a family. Yeah. So I think he's there to try to make them feel comfortable. But and, I mean, but I, I, I get, that doesn't feel I get like what you're it. saying. Like, is if, that, if I get a house and you're like, that, hey, there's all this demonic stuff that's going on with your house, and that's probably why it was so cheap. Yeah, but he doesn't. Just so you know, and and I was given getting details about. I, I don't know. Like, that would feel like, maybe we should leave. But, I mean, he doesn't say that there's anything dynamic going on. He just kind of gives them the history of the house when they were like, oh, yeah, you can tell us the history. I agree with you that it kind of feels like an information dump. He says, but... he does say, knee-deep in devils. I don't know. <laughs> that would, I'm fine. If somebody's talking down about a house I just bought, that would make me feel really weird. Especially if I'm hearing sounds and stuff <laughs> already. <laughs> Maybe we should leave. I mean, I guess I would, the one thing... I'm, maybe I'm scary. Well, I mean, I guess the know. one thing to like, think about is New England has a lot of history. So I'm also wondering if that's kind of why they're not really necessarily scared off from it. So they think he's just I mean, telling them a story? That, well, on top of that, though, is Paul is very... Doesn't believe in the supernatural to begin with. So, I mean, I could see him being like, oh, this is kind of a fun story. I mean, I definitely agree with you, though, for Anne. That I could see her kind of. Well, no, I mean, her expressions it. are like, "Are you serious? Like, <laughs> all right. that happened here? Like, she seems shocked by it." Right. And the husband just seems like, "Why you think it was, you know, this much less on the money?" You know, he like he already <laughs> kind of knew it, but like he didn't seem shocked. <laughs> he seemed like, "Well, that's, I got a good deal, so hey, it is what it is." Which I mean, kind of going along the same thing though is that's how like the Amityville horror type thing happened is that. They got that house at a discount because of the murders, and I mean, they found out before they even moved in, but they still moved in. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, same scenario. Yeah, they got a discount on the house. Right. <laughs> so that always happens. That's a trope, I guess. The the discounted horror house. <laughs> okay. Um, so okay, so he his wife. Let's talk about his wife for a second, because as I say, his wife's really weird too. I don't understand. And I still don't at the end, but I don't understand where she stands. I feel like she's, she feels like a prisoner almost. Like, I don't understand because she's not even talking. Do you notice? Did you notice when they do the toast? Nobody, nobody hits her. Nobody, they left her hanging. Nobody, nobody cleaned her glass. Her she, glass was just kind of off to the side and everybody cleaned. The other three cleaned. Did you notice that? I didn't pick up on that. I was like, oh, my God. She, does... she seems like a loser. I don't know why, why she's uh Like, she seems scary and mousy and... I don't know. It's weird. It is weird, but, I mean, I... See, this is one of those things where it's kind of weird because we really don't get any sort of backstory for her. I'm almost wondering if things have weared on her for long enough where she's trying to, like, where she's had enough... But, like, this is me just conjecturing because I have no idea because we don't necessarily get any of that information. Well, I mean... But, yes, no, I mean, you know, you're, you're dead on... You do understand how her husband has. answers the front door. We're going to find that out. That's, so, that's right. that's pretty heavy right there. <laughs> and, I mean, I feel like he's probably not the nicest to her. So, I mean... No. This could also be just years of her being beaten down as well. Like I said, she felt like a prisoner. Like, he had told her not to speak, almost, type deal. Because she's whispering. Oh, yeah. No, I, Whenever she says something, she's whispering to him and covering her mouth almost, And then she has right? this... Right. Well, then she slips her that no yeah. about, like, it, it needing a family and everything like that. But, no, I think you're right, though, is that she... 
we don't have enough information necessarily, but I mean, I think we get enough of how he acts that you can kind of draw some conclusions that probably have some basis. I made a, I made up my whole backstory for it. <laughs> if you want to indulge <laughs> me just for a second. In my mind, the backstory yeah, was back in 49, she was like the youngest daughter and she was out when the family got killed. And then he came and did the fake, I saved her. So now you owe me, and now she's been his slave ever since. That's my fake backstory for that character. I mean, I feel like he was opening, he was answering front doors the same way back then when he was in his 30s. Because I'm assuming this guy's like 60 something, maybe early 60s. That's what I was kind of thinking too, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if his family has lived in that area for a long time, so he's been raised on the story. Yeah, so, I feel like yeah, I feel I mean, like I probably see. his dad would have been the previous person in charge of the making sure everything happens or whatever. Agreed. We don't get that backstory or any anything that alludes to it, but I feel like similar to how uh, System was in charge in the last uh, Jug Face or whatever, yep. I feel like it's the same yep. same kind of dynamic where he's been passed down. The authority through some some means, but we never know. Yeah, no, I'm right there with <laughs> it's you. It's just like that movie. We never know that backstory. They they at least give you right. like a little animated idea of the backstory, <laughs> but here we don't get that. But okay, so um, so anyways, after this story, and you know, we talked about whiskey. They have whis- whiskey here. So yep. back in the 70s, was that just a thing? Like you just have to have a whiskey bar available? I feel like most movies, 70s, early 80s, they just got a bar ready with glasses to serve whiskey to anybody at any time of day or night. I, f- I feel like it's a was thing. Was that customary back then or something? Like, I feel like it must have been. But it's interesting is that in this, it's called B&J's Whiskey. But in Italian films, especially the Giallo films, mm. is there usually in those movies you find a bottle of J&B scotch so that's another homage that they're paying to like the whole movement and it kind of makes sense because like House by the Cemetery's director did some giallos and everything so I'm pretty sure he had that type of like scotch in some of his movies as well so it's kind of a cool thing they were playing with with that bottle they're using gotcha okay um so they end up leaving right so then is it the next day when we get our um the repair guy uh yeah but at that night is where they first get the kind of nightmares where we get to see another of the entities with like white eyes this time and then yes the next day is when joe the electrician shows up and this is actually kind of an interesting how they have this scene synced up because he goes downstairs to try to work on the like power down there but then this is where jacob or this is where Anne wants to have Jacob and May come visit them, where Paul's not necessarily on board, but he does love his wife and wants to, you know, make sure that, you know, she's happy and comfortable. And then all the while is where Joe is attacked by a child with black skin when the power goes out. Oh, yes. And now, I had a, ends up getting burned by this and thing. That's a question I had because earlier in the movie, the wife has a flashlight when the lights start messing yep. around. Why does mm-hmm. the repair guy not have a flashlight? That seems like a customary tool belt accessory. I don't know. Well, especially for an electrician. Because um, he's I don't you're know going down to a like, basement. Yeah. Like, you're going to be in the dark. I, I don't understand and why I'm he didn't have a flashlight. I know it's for dramatic effect, I guess, but he should have a flashlight. Well, well, not only that, but, like, 
you're probably going to be shutting off certain parts of the power to test things. So, like, yeah, I, I don't necessarily know. I think you're. I think it's more just dramatic effect. I don't think there's actually a good answer, which, I mean, I'm not necessarily always the biggest fan of because I like to have at least some realism at times. But, yeah, I'm with you. Because I feel like he could have flashed the light down in that room and saw it or saw something and then still got the same effect. <laughs> I don't, but I mean, it, it just made, it was weird to I mean, me think... you wouldn't have a flashlight and you wouldn't be looking you mean you can actually... back in that little hole. It's a big hole. Why wouldn't you want to make sure what's in there? Well, I mean, you could have a creepier effect if he's signed that light in there, see something, that spooks him, and then you have the one behind him that ends up attacking him. So, I mean... I would have really liked to have gotten his legs hanging out of the hole and getting sucked in. That would have been kind of yeah. cool. I don't know. I'm adding yeah, I mean, uh, fan fiction here. I'm adding my own. But, uh, no, okay, sorry. going to build on what they've given us. Yeah. No, it's, but he ends up He ends up getting uh, killed, and he got burned. Looks like he got burned, what they say. Yes. So we find out for sure that when they I, kill people, they burn them. Okay. Right. I, didn't, I and, wasn't aware and of then that this, at first. And then from here is where another picture falls, which spooks Anne, and then, again, she smells smoke. And from here is where we get introduced to the other couple that is going to be in this movie of where Jacob, who is our friend Larry Fessenden, and I mean, I think he embodies his hippie character very well. And then, as we were saying, is his wife coming with him is May, who is portrayed by Lisa Marie. And this is kind of interesting that they're coming up to visit because we definitely have an old school versus new school mentality here where... Paul is very of, like, science and things that are tangible, and he does seem to butt heads a little bit with these people that are, like, his guests of their new school-type beliefs because they are definitely, like, um, like what's that, hippies. So let me ask you this. Did you think that they were legit at first, or did you think they were just hippies at first? Because at first um, I, I, I thought they were hippies, but some of the stuff, uh, Lisa, Lisa Marie, some of the stuff she was saying felt kind of weird like well maybe she really does have some kind of power see i thought he was a hippie and then i thought she was the one that was more in tune mm -hmm. now obviously we get to see some stuff a little bit later on but that was my impression is that she was kind of like the psychic and then he was just like one who supports her and and believes everything that she's doing yeah and that that's kind of the dynamic i felt too as we as because i still feel like as we got further that that was it but we'll talk about that scene later, but I did feel like that was still him just trying something. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, <laughs> no, for sure. But yeah, but yeah, at first I wasn't sure, but yeah. And I told you, I think this was in the pregame I said this, he he has a really weird likeness to Jack Nicholson in this movie. And I don't know, and I that's, think a, that's probably on purpose too. Well, it's funny is, I know we were talking about like what he's wearing it just clicked to me while we were talking about him is his hair is very like wispy as well. Mm -hmm. So like his, once he gets a little bit disheveled, looks exactly like Jack Torrance does yes. when he gets disheveled. I was seeing Especially that. Of how I was seeing that all the time. When I saw easy him. There. Every time I saw him, <laughs> how easy his hair stands. Yeah, I was like, Oh my God, he looks like he could be his brother or something. It was weird. I yep. was like, this is the side story to the shining. Does he have the shining? I was thinking about that for some reason. Like, is this, Connected to that universe? Is she shining right now and they're just not calling it that? May? I don't know. Actually, it's funny you kind of bring this up. It just clicked to me. Oh. I was looking up. 
Sorry. earlier is that there is a their son in the movie his name is Harry mm -hmm. and he is portrayed by Michael Patrick Nicholson I don't think they're related but that's kind of funny how that all plays out <laughs> oh my gosh it, it, it could be all just for those little moments like we're talking about like it, they're if they're sprinkling all this stuff in on purpose, that is incredible. That's an that's an oh, incredible agree. spice to add in that there's all these little like just nods to all this stuff. <laughs> but it's not Yep. I know we talked about this, but I feel like it's not taken away from the movie. It's just if you if you know it, you know it. If you catch it, you catch it. But it doesn't take away from anything. It's just in there. Oh, I, I think so. I think it's one of those things like horror fans, like you're saying, are gonna be like, oh, like that meme of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio where you're pointing at the screen <laughs> yeah. and squinting because you get what's going yeah, yeah, on here. Exactly. But those that don't get it are just going to kind of let it wash over them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so let's uh, let's get back and, in here, man. Where are we at? And this, yeah, this is where they decide that they're going to go into town to get a bite to eat. Oh, you know and, what? I wrote a note here, man. And yeah, maybe I'm weird, but like, I don't know if I want to go to town when I just finished. I don't. Do we know how far they drove from? Uh, I'll be like, I don't have, offhand. I'm, I'm, I may be just an old man, but I feel like after a long drive, I kind of want to have dinner at the house and kind of relax and get my bearings. I don't know if I want to, but I don't know. I'm, no, I 100% When I was you, younger, I think I would want to hit the city, but now that I'm older, I kind of want to. <laughs> well. The last thing that I would do, though, is I would wait for my son to get there. I mean, I get that they don't necessarily oh, yeah. know how long he's going to yeah, be. Exactly. I forgot about but, that. Because I think it's weird that they just leave a note on the door stating that they went into town to get dinner. Where, like, I mean, I guess I get it that they don't know if he's going to be there, you know, how long it's going to be. And, I mean, they don't have cell phones, so they can't necessarily, like, you know, shoot him a text message. Oh, uh, you know like, what? Hey, how far I didn't even, like that. But, that didn't even dawn on me. Because, like I said, I didn't realize it was the 70s. So it didn't even dawn on me that I was like, why did they leave a note? I was thinking that too, but yeah, it's the 70s. You don't have a cell phone. You don't know. He can't call right. and be like, hey, I'll be there. And this man, he probably told him like a couple days ago or something. You know, it's like it's not that steady line of communication yep. that we have now. So Well, I mean, especially because I think their son is still in college. So, like, you're right. I don't necessarily think he you know, talked to his parents that morning and then they just, you know, drove up separately. Yeah. I do think he's kind of probably coming from a different place. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Him and the girl are coming from somewhere else. And he just knew that right. on this day he had to be there. So he just made a exactly. plan and went. So, but they're, they're kind of, I don't know, they're kind of interesting for a second. Because I told you, so I watched the movie twice, but the first time I wasn't paying as much attention because I was doing something else at the same time. But I, but I had the subtitles up, so, so <laughs> when I watched it, I thought this was their son, and I was watching a flashback. <laughs> so it threw me off, so when I watched it, like the regular way, full with sound, it blew me away that this was the other people's son, because just watching it with the just the words, you don't understand that. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> that was just my little quick thing with that, with that scene. But I didn't understand them just being in this weird house and like, just walking around when you hear noises like that. Like, that wasn't just, like, something fell. It looked like somebody trying to knock the door down, right? Was I tripping? Ah, uh, it does. Well, it does, because, I mean, 
to kind of fill in everything to get to that point. Oh, um, sorry, I have to kind of show yeah. No, 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 you're fine, you're fine. I have, like, some of the stuff in here, and I think I might have a slight answer, but we, I think we need to kind of break it down. But the older couples go into the Buffalo Bill Lounge in town, and it's an extremely small town where everybody, when they come in, everybody stares at them as them being outsiders. And then, like you said, when they go into the house, the, the younger couple is... They see an entity in the hallway, and then they hear something and start looking around. Now, I know the son goes in the basement and gets attacked and killed by one of them. But isn't... And then... At that point, isn't there a loud... Like, it looks like somebody trying to knock the door down hit, not like a... Am I tripping? Did you notice that? I feel like the door bowled forward a little bit with the hit. And then he was just laughing like... did. Oh, okay, like... I didn't, under, I didn't understand why he was so happy-go-lucky about it. Like, it, I, didn't under, I didn't understand Well, that. I know he thinks it's kind of a joke, and I think he thinks that somebody's, like, messing with him. But, yeah, it's, uh... I mean, I'm assuming the kid probably doesn't watch a lot of horror movies, so he probably just, um... You know, wasn't necessarily expecting what ended up happening to him. Well, I guess it's the 70s, though. All the movies from the 80s haven't happened yet, so... <laughs> you haven't seen that right. trope just banged into the ground over and over again so you don't know yet maybe and i mean this would have been the same year that <laughs> horror came out so they wouldn't even have had a chance to see that one yet but i feel like the girlfriend has the appropriate response of being scared and his response is like who's who's trying to beat this door down come on stop playing guys i'm like what are you your were your parents do your I mean, parents play like that we don't know i'm assuming your mom does it you're dead me i don't know the moment I start hearing noises and I call out to it and it doesn't respond to a voice that I recognize, like, I'm gone. Like, I'm I'm, I'm not going to sit there and investigate all this stuff. I mean, at first, maybe you think it's an animal, but when I see the... Anybody anybody listening to this, just go back and watch that, that moment. It looks like you see the door bow forward, like somebody's trying to knock it down. That, whatever animal I think that is, I don't want to see him. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I'm not facing off as an animal that's rocking that's like a door. That's like a bear or something. I don't know frame. what that is. It's not a small a small rodent type animal. Because he thinks it's a raccoon no, or something, as he says. Uh, no, I wouldn't it's even not a raccoon. raccoon. I mean, but a raccoon wouldn't make that much of a noise. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't square no. off with a raccoon. If I didn't have to, unless my life was on the line, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that. Right, right. <laughs> no, if... Something strong enough to rock a door in its like frame, that's it's not for me. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's your that's your face going to the ground if you're not careful. So no, I'm not interested in that. But uh, right. but anyways, he goes down to the basement, still smiling, yeah. looking, and then he's not long for this world. <laughs> nope. And I, I I'm actually yeah. glad because if you if you make that mistake in a horror movie, then you gotta pay. So. They were, they were about to have sex. I don't know if, if the house cares about that. Because it kind of stopped. The, the house kind of interrupted that, right? So it does the house yeah. not like that? <laughs> the house doesn't like for you to have sex. So it's like, hey, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> All this stuff happens at night? It definitely must not. So I don't know. That's, it. That's, that's weird. It may be one of those kind of things in there, too. But he goes down there and gets killed. Uh, and yep. then the, the girl is trying to get away, which, so, so it's not just the house because they get her on her while she's driving away. I was going to say, this becomes a little bit problematic for me. Cause I thought it was just the house. 
I agree, and I have issues where if you're going to do like a haunted house, and then I mean she's well down the road by the time this kills yeah, her. Yeah, she's not like. Oh, the, it, I thought, I thought maybe her. it was going to grab her on the porch or something, but she gets in the car and takes off. Right. So I mean, it's a cool effect what they're doing, and I mean impaling her, you know, through the seat with its arm and everything. Yeah. But I do have a slight issue there that it kills her down that far away from the house. Yeah, that didn't that didn't really stick with what they were kind of trying to build with the movie. Ah. Uh, but something that is stated later will actually kind of correlate back, but I don't necessarily know if it would work in this point here. But what is it? Because I don't actually hear in a. Well, because actually, well, just to kind of continue, like to carry everything on is I know I had one last thing I wanted to say is that the bartender overhears the couple that are at the lounge, and she seems spooked by some of the things that she's hearing. Oh, okay. So and yeah, I know let's go when, back to the beginning of this because remember when they first walk in. I want to make sure we note everybody that everybody turns yeah. their head and stops what they're doing and is just watching them, which is really creepy. Right. And you kind of get the idea that, well, I know Paul makes a joke about mob justice and then Jacob plays with it too. So was that a joke or was kind he being of serious jokingly? Because he told him that story, I think right? he, I think he's joking a little bit, but I also think he's kind of serious that these people look like they would actually do that. Okay, I thought he was going off of Dave's story that they, you know, that they had a history of mob justice. I think it's part of that, and I think it's also part, like, how small town these people are that they would expect them to do something like yeah, that, that if that would they be normal. to. Yeah, I feel that, right. too. Like, it would be a normal thing for them to do. The way they're, The way they're staring at them, like, I wouldn't... I don't think I'd be able to eat there. Like, I feel like I would be like, you know what? Uh, I don't think I'm going to trust they're not going to put something in my food. If the way they're looking at I it. mean, if I walk in and everybody stares at me like that, I might just, like, not even turn my back on them. Just, like, push the door back open and then, like, step back out backwards and then just Just leave. do the thing, do that, the thing yeah, where you look at your phone and you're like, oh, this is the wrong place. Sorry. <laughs> just, <laughs> this is where I park my car. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. This isn't the hotel. Sorry. No, nah, because that it felt weird and it felt creepy, and they were and they're acknowledging yes. it while everybody they're just looking like they're kind of whispering almost too, and even our guy yeah. our guy um, is like what's his name what was his name uh, system uh, system from last week what's his name in the movie uh, Jacob Jacob's <laughs> Jacob like well, I'm gonna enjoy my meal and you can just watch my back <laughs> uh, I really I do I, I really enjoy his performance because he's. He's good. He's not unhinged, yeah. but he feels like he could be unhinged at any minute. Does yeah, that make he's sense? He's a little weird. He's, yeah, he's a little yeah. eccentric. But he feels like Jack to me. But not in the, not Jack from The Shining, but he feels like a Jack character. I don't know why. Yeah. So that, I don't know. That may be just a choice he made. I don't know. Because I didn't see any information about that. I, I keep bringing up Jack, but I didn't see any information about anything being related to that, so. But okay, so they, um, is it the same night when they go well, back? I'm sorry, what were you going to say? Well, I think, no, I think you're, I think when they go back is, or it might even be at the restaurant, is where Paul, oh no, this is when they go back, is that he tells, Paul tells his wife that he would be opened to like them doing a seance or them doing some sort of thing like that. He's open to be proved wrong. He's just really skeptical and that they, he needs to see something concrete. Yeah, to believe so it. So, like, he's at least saying that he's willing to yeah, try. he knows he's seeing some weird stuff, but he's not willing to go 100% supernatural right. to, to accept all that. So, 
Because this is also the same night, though, that back at the lounge is that there's knocking, and, like, the bartender sends the waitress, and it's Dave with Kat, and Dave just shot the waitress for whatever reason, and then he interrogates, which I actually realized I wrote the name down, it's Maddie, who is Susan Gibney, plays the bartender. Okay. Now, she looks familiar. Is she she's somebody? telling... I don't recognize her offhand, but she did look familiar. Like I'm wondering if she might be kind of a, kind of a, kind of like a character actress almost. It's possible because she looks like I've seen her. I don't know what movie it would have right. been, but some other movies I feel like I've seen her in something. She's got the face. But this is like. also interesting moment here though is that Dave says that they can't let them leave because it will spread. Which means that if the house doesn't get its sacrifices, it can spread and kill the people in the town. I just have an issue with it doing it already because it hasn't even tried taking the family as of yet. Yeah, and that's something we're going to get to later again is why is it not taking the family? I didn't, I never understood right. that. And we'll, we'll get some more exposition later that kind of we'll dive into a little more. But I don't think that's ever understood why it's been two weeks and they're not dead. Because I'm... Under the impression, right? Because they're all kind of confused. Even Dave like seems taken aback that they're still there, because he feels like he right. thinks they should be dead too, right? When he first visits them, because he's like, yeah. "Oh, it's been two weeks, really." He's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> and then this is actually where I believe also gets stated while they're talking that whatever this entity is, it wakes up every thirty years, and that it needs a new family or that it will spread until it's satisfied, which is actually kind of interesting because that's kind of similar to the pit lap from the last time we had recorded. Oh, yes, it really is, actually. I didn't even think about that. If it doesn't get its exact sacrifice, it will start to kill others until it gets what it wants. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that you know what? Man, you picked a good movie because this really does mesh together well with the, the same kind of ideas in that other one. And, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. It was by accident. Like, I didn't even, like, I was like... This movie sounds like it would work. I was like, it's got Larry Fessenden. And then without even realizing it as it carried on, I was like, oh, this actually fits way better than I was expecting. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Because the same, <laughs> yeah, exact same scenario, just a little different. But yeah, for sure. I'm with you, man. Yeah, but I don't, I never understand. And that's something I think I said about in that other movie. I never understand mm-hmm. what the house wants, really. Like, I don't understand. And I, I wants to kill people, but Why? And how many? Like, I never understand that part. And why 30 years? Well, I, mean, I never understand the 30-year mark well, being the significance of the 30 years either. Well, because I mean, it sounds to me it normally every 30 years just takes, like, a family. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily say how many is in that family, but then for whatever reason here in the 70s, it has changed its kind of M.O. of what it needs to do. Because they're, they're a family, but there's only a, a man and a woman. There's no kids or anything. So, I mean, technically well, it's that, a family, but, I mean, but what is a family? It could also, we could also consider, though, the fact that it kills um, Jacob, May, and Harry at one point. But, I mean, obviously that hasn't happened as of yet. But that is something, though, that ends up happening. But then it also takes a ton of people in the process as well. Wait a minute. Because it, it, it didn't kill May, though. Did you say May? Uh, well, no, uh, that's actually, yeah, you're right. That uh, Somebody else kills her, but it was at least in the I was house. Trying to, I was trying to think about that, too, because I was like, did it kill, because it was three of them, right? So did yep. it kill three people, or it killed more than three people? 
Well, I say by this point, it's already killed. I feel like it only two. killed three people. Cause I, cause, yeah, because it doesn't. Did it kill the electrician or did he get taken to the hospital? Mm, I don't know if he died or not. I think he's. I, I think he survives. I think it's only so far killed the girlfriend and then Harry that we know of, and but nobody knows about it yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, you're right. I'm thinking. I'm thinking back to all the deaths. Yeah, it, it did kill a few people, but. Oh yeah, we never know if the repairman is dead. They said he's got burns all over, but they don't say he's dead or we'll not. Say, yeah, yeah, because I think he goes upstairs. And I think uh, I think Paul takes him to the hospital. Yeah, well, he calls nine one one. He's concerned or about what happened. Yep, and then I think he's also because that's why he calls and yells about. He thinks that there's something wrong with his furnace because it did that and it hurt the electricity. Yeah, I can't have that kind of liability. You got to send somebody now yep. or something. So yeah, yep. I remember that part. Okay. All right, so where, uh, where were we originally? And then this actually has oh, a kind you know of what? funny you know scene when they go back about? to the house. Hey, before we get to that, you know what we didn't talk about? The, uh, did we talk about the expedition expedition dump about what happened to Bobby? About the wreck? Uh, did we talk? Did we talk about when the, when uh, uh, when uh, the son and his girlfriend no, were coming up and they they dropped that on us while they're no, driving that he died did. in the wreck or something? No, I don't think so. I don't know if they if it really matters, but that, they just dump it in there when they're when they're originally driving up before they get to the house. There's a scene where, uh, what was his name? Was he Harry? Yeah. Harry just tells his girlfriend, "Yeah, you know, me and him were cool in college or something. We were friends, but he died in a car wreck." He says that they're only friends like freshman year. Yeah. So it doesn't even sound like they were all that close. So maybe the, you know what? So did they really have a close relationship, or the you know like it was the mom thing where the mom thinks that's your best friend and it's really not type thing or? I th- that's that's how I took it. His, it sounds like the parents. Bobby's mom makes it like they've been like best best friends, like the best best of friends. The way she talks about them. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't. It's maybe just a unreliable narrator. I don't know because the mom wouldn't know, really. So maybe that's what it is. Because yeah, at first I was like, maybe they're really good friends. And even he kind of looks like him, kind of like the picture. So I'm like, maybe, you know what I'm saying? I didn't know if there was going to be something with that. But then we find out pretty quick it wasn't. But I thought they were going to use that for right. something. But, uh, okay, let's uh, let's get back over here again. Let's get back to the, uh, yeah, the so house. Here is where we kind of get a funny scene, yeah, where Jacob is in a robe and oh. his wife is to it. <laughs> and they're smoking pot. <laughs> But I mean, thankfully. Yeah, he's the, rolling uh, a blunt or a joint or something. Uh, yep. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, hey, so what were they about to do?" Because she came out in a bathrobe. So were they about to? <laughs> I feel like probably. She was like, they "Oh, I'm like sorry. A couple I'm that sorry. It took you so be... long." So maybe she went to freshen yeah, up I think... or something, and she was coming back. I would say so. I think there's still a couple that is. Um... You know, still partaking in yeah, that. Yeah, because he's getting the, the party favors ready, it looks like, while she's getting ready or something. I don't know. He had his little box. And <laughs> it tripped me out because it felt <laughs> like, uh, have you remember on the, was it the first Poltergeist? Or the second one where it's, uh, I can't even remember the guy's name. Hayden Fox. I can't remember his real name. Craig T. Nelson. Uh, and yeah, him and his uh, wife yep. were sitting on the bed and he's rolling a joint talking about That's what's uh, going the first That's one. the first one. It felt kind of like yep. that kind of almost to me because we were talking about supernatural stuff. I don't know why. I just imagine that same box in his hand, but I don't. I can't. Yep. I can't 100% guarantee that's the same thing. 
<laughs> but I can remember it for some reason. So I, we know it's the seventies because they just have weed for no reason. <laughs> yeah. But you know something I thought was funny, and it's just a little thing about his personality. But Paul has some kind of weird hangups. I don't know. Did you catch any of that? He does. He does seem to be a guy who like, cause like. He kind of disapprovingly looks at them for what they're doing here, but he doesn't seem that mad about yeah. it. But then there's other things that happen that he gets really kind of like, just like upset about. And I'm like, so did you that notice the one thing you? that I, cause there's one thing that really bothered him that I was like, he said it twice, I think, which is why I thought about it. I was like, why do you keep saying this about women driving or something? Oh, yeah, his car. I was he like, doesn't want but any, no, like, even, yeah. even when they're coming, when they first arrive, he's like, oh, she's driving, she's driving. Like, he seems taking it, yep. like, why do you care that a woman's driving? Is that just a 70s, you know, man versus woman roles thing, maybe? Or, because I, I was taking it back. I, I was mean, like, why do you care? <laughs> She's driving. I can see you don't want her to I drive mean, your car. That's different. But it right. didn't feel like he didn't want her to drive it because he didn't want her to wreck it. It felt like he didn't want her to drive it because he didn't want a woman <laughs> driving his car. Like, just because she's a woman, well, he didn't want her to drive. I almost took it more that he was looking down upon Jacob. Because he's sitting there in the passenger seat and that he doesn't really look at him as a guy who kind of fits in the normal like male gender roles. Oh, okay, I got so you. I don't necessarily know if it's that, but I mean, well, I, mean I, I do see what you're it, saying. Though, like, if he feels like that, then he would definitely feel like a woman's not supposed to be driving the man around. So he definitely exactly. doesn't want women in the, in the driver's seat. Because <laughs> I mean, he does relent later on in a very small little thing with that where he does let um, Anne drive his car. Mm-hmm. But that's only because originally uh, May was going to try to, and he's like, yeah, she's not driving my car. And then that's when they end up taking her car instead. Yeah, yeah, he didn't want her to drive. So I don't know, I thought that was like a weird hangout. And, he, and he's always drinking, but he's like, oh, he's a yep. stoner or whatever. I'm going to get another drink. <laughs> I'm like, it's kind of the same, bro. <laughs> if you always got whiskey in your hand, it's just a vice. Because <laughs> he's literally... What's so, were you keeping a whiskey count? Or how was you doing the whiskey tracker? No, no, I just, my only fun fact was uh, the actual brand of it. I I mean, I lost, I mean, there's a hard time trying to keep track of it. I feel like the, there's, uh, there's times several times he's got a glass of whiskey or somebody's drinking, him or the wife or just, they got a bar at the house, man. They, I don't even know why he went to the bar. I feel like they got whiskey on deck, no matter what. Yeah, they have it on tap. Yeah, they're ready for it. But I, you know what? I feel like, and I said this earlier, but I feel like, is it just art reflects life or life reflects art? Because did people have that and they start putting it in movies back then? Or did people put it in movies back then and then everybody felt like they needed to have the, not the actual bottle, but you put it in another container? What's that called? Where you put the whiskey in another? Uh, decanter. Yeah, decanter. And you have to have that just ready when you have guests. You can. Was that a thing that happened? And then so was it movies or was it real I... life reflecting in movies? I feel like it was a thing. Well, that's a weird I think question, everybody <laughs> kind of had, but I think everybody kind of had it. Like, I mean, I obviously don't remember, but I mean, I wasn't even around yet. But I think that was like my grandma doesn't even like drinking, and she has a decanter in her house. Like, it's empty. Yeah, my grandma has but one. She too. has one. But I can remember when I was a kid going to friends' house, and their parents having yeah. like a little bar set up with one of those decanters and glasses and. You know, different stuff right. in them. So I was like, I just didn't know if it was, I don't know. I, I think about weird stuff sometimes when I watch movies. So I was like, is that 
something that was a thing or, or did movies make it a thing that people saw movies and say I, I gotta have that I feel like I feel like it's a thing I think that back in the day that was kind of what people had yeah that was just that was just something you had to have when you got a house you got a bar <laughs> you made a little mini bar right, and got, was, some, got a decanter exactly I, I, wanted, I had a decanter for no reason I had one just because I wanted to be cool and I had like a little three foot by like six foot like shelf bar <laughs> in my apartment when I was, yeah. <laughs> it was like when I first got out of college and me and my roommate right. bought it and we like thought we were cool and we had a decanter with, you know, glasses <laughs> hanging and, you know, the whole, and I mean, we may, we may have had a party once. <laughs> so it was really pointless, <laughs> but it felt cool though. I felt legit. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, man. I keep, I keep getting us on these sidetracks. Let me get us no, back on good. the tracks. How about that? Um, and I know from here is where, and according to my notes, is that May says that there's darkness all around them, that she senses it. She says that it's not Bobby, and that whatever the entities here is that that's what they want them to think, and that they don't actually have to find it because it is everywhere that is around them. And I know this kind of hurts and a little bit because she you know was so dead set that this is her son but she's not necessarily ready to uh, i guess give up hope still i feel like it hurts paul too because if you is this the same one where he's kind of upset because because it's making his wife upset yes i see i mean i don't think he necessarily believes it but i know that it it upsets him that they thought that something better was going to come of this yeah. And at this point, it's not looking like it's going to. So it bothers him that they got her hopes yeah, up. Yeah, that's, that's what it felt like, too. Like, he seemed really upset that they had got her hopes up that something was going to happen and nothing happened. Right. Like, he seemed like, but but at the same time, it kind of feels like, you know, I got, you know what I'm going to have to deal with for the next three months? <laughs> it felt, oh, felt yeah. kind of like that. No, kind I, of I, I, you're, you're right. I th- She's going to be moping around that. here, man. Screw you guys. That's what it felt like. Not like, man, I hate, I, I care about my wife's feelings. No, it didn't really feel like that. But, okay, so is this, um, when do they go to the store? Because I want to get to this uh, seance, this fake seance or, or mini seance, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that is actually coming up. I know right before that night ends, oh, Paul wakes up to see somebody. Is the dream, is the dream tonight? Okay, yes, get, where he sees that. somebody outside of his door, and then he calls out, but there isn't anybody answering back, and then it opens to a burned family that is standing there. Oh, yeah. And he gets attacked here, but then, you know, it is all a dream, as you were saying. I liked, I thought this was a really good sequence. Now, the wife has the same dream, or does she have a different... I'm the wife of uh, Jack Nicholson's stand-in, <laughs> my guy. Um, Doesn't she have a similar I dream think... or the same dream? Because she screams first, I don't first, necessarily right? know if it's the same or not, but she definitely has a dream that is similar for sure, that it is of that family. Okay. I thought, I thought I don't know, because we don't see her dream, but we see his dream. But right. I feel like she has the dream first, right? I be, Yeah, it's something. If it's not, it's very close, or they might have been in, like simultaneous. I didn't know if it was her psychic thing, like her seeing through his eyes type thing or something. I didn't know. Because we never really know the full extent if she's just mystical with psychic ability or if she can actually do something i don't know right. if it's just she can see but she can't do it i don't know if she can do anything but um like i think it's interesting i think there was a really nice setup uh dream sequence though where you see him yeah. you see the feet outside the door like under the door 
So he knows somebody's standing there, and he thinks it's uh, either one of those two, right? Like, he thinks it's either uh, Jacob or his wife, May. Yep. But then, like, nobody answers. He looks at his wife. She's there. Then he looks up again, and then the door is open, and it's the burn-up family. And then he looks for his wife again, and she's one of them. Like, that was a cool... Yep. That's a cool back and forth because you're, you know, you're not, I wasn't expecting that to happen, <laughs> you know, the way, because the movie, like, I yeah. feel like that's to the credit of the movie. I think that helps to make these moments more exciting is that right. the way they have it paced so slowly, but at the same time, you're looking at everything and seeing what's going to happen. So when these moments happen, it's like, oh, it, it like, it catches you real quick because you're expecting something happens slow or they're looking for, and then it just happens real quick. So I feel like whenever those yeah. little moments would happen, like the burst of action or burst of, uh, it wasn't like jump scares. It was actually, whenever they did something, something actually happened, it felt like. Right. So I, I appreciated that besides it being like just a cat passes by or something. Yeah, I thought it was a good scene. Yeah. I thought they, it was well done, like you were saying. Yeah, it, it got me because I wouldn't, for some reason, I wasn't expecting the wife to be one of them when he turned back and got her. And then it's, he tried to, he tried to <laughs> yeah. do his best scream, scream king, I guess. <laughs> He's like, ah, he tried to scream. It wasn't, he didn't seem as, as he seemed scared, but it was kind of weird. That actor, like, he, like, I think I said it earlier, but he changes a lot throughout the movie. Like, at this point, he starts really getting a little bit more, but I mean, things are going to happen that's going to make him believe, but. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's starting to break down his, like, tough exterior about what his belief systems are. Yeah, for sure. So. You want to go ahead and jump into the seance here, or the same thing as when you talked to before um, that? Yeah, I was gonna say this is where they talk at the um, breakfast table the next day, where Anne is still convinced that it's her son, but then the two women are gonna go into town, and May says that they're not to do a seance while they're gone, and then when they does, end up leaving, does she say that or does Jacob? I feel like Jacob said it. I think she says it, and then he agrees with her. Oh, okay. And they both are kind of like, "Yeah, we're not gonna do that." I like, thought, and then the moment that they leave, I thought she, I thought he, he said it. That's what threw me. I feel like he was like, "I'm not gonna do what everybody thinks I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna do a séance, okay? I'm not gonna do it." And but I feel like he was saying he it. But I didn't, feel, I didn't. I didn't remember her saying it through too, though. I thought it was just him like being stupid and giving himself up. <laughs> like I'm gonna do exactly what I'm telling you. I'm not gonna do. <laughs> Well, I love the joke that he makes about when Paul asks him what he's doing and he says that he's going to do a seance and then literally just starts to conduct it as they're leaving the hike. I don't even think they're out of the driveway yet, <laughs> and they're still literally I there. know. They're still loading up the car, getting in, and he starts grabbing grabbing books right. and spells and all that, candles. I do love that he's terrified of his wife, though, that he's like, no, we have to do this while, like right now because we need as much time as we can. So... We were talking about this earlier, and that, that's where I feel like um, that he's not a powerful person. He's just been around his wife, and he's seen the stuff that she can do and maybe seen her yeah. do this before. So it felt like he was kind of just trying to remember what she did and trying to mash it together. It didn't feel like he was an old hand at it. Well, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense because, I mean, he literally gets taken over here, and then... I mean, he loses control completely, and this thing takes over his body. Yeah, and I feel like if it was the wife, she would... I don't know, I feel like she would be able to fight it better, maybe. I, don't know. I think so, yeah. But, she's telling, but maybe that's why she was telling him not to do it, because she knew that he couldn't he couldn't control it, maybe. Yeah, because, I mean, he says some pretty creepy things during this. So let's, let's talk about this, right, because... So, 
is it already taking him over when he's saying some of the weird stuff? Is that the the tale that it that like when he I says the, the that... what we say pull your skin from your bones or something? And he's like, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. I... What did you say? <laughs> In my I mind, I was, I was the is... same thing. I was like, I'm sorry. What did you say? <laughs> I think that oh is where God. the spirit is starting to take him over. And that is why we're starting to see him say weird things like that. Cause, I mean, Did yeah, that take you back at all, though, like, when he said that? Like, when he said that part, I was like, that didn't sound... What? I said... The, well, I mean, he, he's conducting a seance, so, I mean, anything kind of creepy happening here, I was... I mean, I was kind of prepared for something, not necessarily that early into but it. I mean, like, when he said that yeah, stuff, I mean, he's like, I'm going to take the skin off and something, and then he's like, oh, no, I just want, I just want them to feel comfortable. I'm like, what? It doesn't, that doesn't jive. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, see, my initial thought there was that I don't necessarily know if he knows what he's saying right now. Oh, okay. And I was like, is, is he in a trance already? Okay, and I just thought he was just pulling stuff out of his butt. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> so I was like, well, you must have heard her say that or something similar to that. I don't know why you would say that. But as, but as we get further on and he starts making more pointed comments, then I know, like, okay, yeah, he's he's being possessed by something. Well, this is also where I figured out that this was kind of um, like Lovecraftian mm-hmm. because he makes the statements about that they are going to be burning until the stars go dark. And that is like kind of the weird sort of writing that H.P. Lovecraft would do. Oh, uh, okay. Signifying that like they're going to be burning for like all eternity. Gotcha. And that's kind of like the whole Elder God type thing that he would write about a lot. Gotcha. Yeah, it didn't feel like that for sure. I can, feel, I can see that in the writing. Um, now, so is this the house spirit that's inhabiting him? I think so, yeah. I think it's whatever the dark entity is that is, like, behind everything, I think that is taking him over here. Or is it Dagmar? Because he says at some point that this is my house, but is it the spirit saying this is my house? But then also he said they killed my family. So, So is it... Back to that question I had earlier, is it both, is See, it all in one? Is it, is it like religion where it's all the spirits are combined in one trinity type deal? I think they're or? both one and the same. Okay. I think Dag, I think the Dagmars are just a, a different manifestation gotcha. of the evil. Okay, okay. It's like, I don't think the evil necessarily has a form. Gotcha. Okay. Cause I, cause I wasn't sure if this was the house or this was Dagmar, but if they're one and the same, then it doesn't really matter. It's. It's just yeah, because I mean, I definitely think it's Dagmar that's possessing him, but like Dagmar really isn't Dagmar anymore. It's really kind of just this kind of his shell. A darkness. Ha- yep, exactly. Yeah, the, it's just using his kind of using him as a vessel. Yep. Got you. Okay. That's I mean that's that's how I take it at least. Yeah, but yeah, he gets this thing is really crazy because at one point he just flies back, <laughs> and then he just, and the yeah. lights go out, the cameras go out, and he just flies back. And that's when Paul's like, "Oh God." <laughs> and he starts like, yeah, doing some just violent stuff to himself. And I was like, what is? He's going like, get on a rope, here? get a rope. I need to, you gotta tie me up. <laughs> and I was like, what? I would be like, and if you don't believe in it, but at the same time, you're like, you can see Paul's like, okay, I don't know what's happening, but something, yep, something is going on. And you just <laughs> flew back like five feet, and then you're just like foaming at the mouth and doing all kind of weird stuff. Because he he was right. really acting because he's spitting and. Big chunks of spit are getting on his lip. Did you notice that? Oh no, he yeah, he he's did a great job with it. what he was doing there. Yeah. The whole scene, I think he this 
whole scene we're going to get through, I think he's selling it into this demonic, demonic oh, yeah. character he's playing. But, and then, um, so he puts, I thought it was interesting, he puts the sock in his mouth. And then when the, when the wife, yeah. the wife them gets there and he just, Paul like runs out and he's like, come here, come here. I, I know I didn't believe in everything, but come here, <laughs> come here. Because <laughs> he's so happy to see anybody else <laughs> at this moment. He, yeah, for sure. I also think it's interesting here is that at some point during the scene, they randomly cut over to when the women are in town and like, oh, do you remember this yeah. where Dave overhears like them talking and then just interjects himself into their conversation? Well, make, Cause this is where is that it looks like the town's abandoned and then just, just happens the street they're on is the street he's on. Like he was right, following them or something. Up. It felt like he was following them or something. I mean, he probably was because he's probably concerned that they're still alive and that they shouldn't, you know, be here and everything. And he seems to, to is... have an issue with that, with her having that power too, that psychic ability. Oh no, he for sure does because this is where we get the truth that he was lying about them running the Dagmars out of town, and that the truth comes out that he burned them alive. Well, not him, but like the town did, and that that there is evil in the basement. And that it took the injustice, and then that's why, obviously, the um, the Dagmars are all burned up. Oh, yeah, I got you. Okay. But he's weird. He's just weird. Because he's... He is, he is weird. I just wish I knew a little more about him, and I know I always ask for a little extra, but I just wish I had, had a little bit more of his backstory, because he's got a backstory here that I would like to know about. I mean, even May's got a backstory that I, I really want to know what her backstory is because how does she just randomly know a psychic like and and then you get a ghost house like that's 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 a big coincidence that i have some kind of story some kind of reason why they know each right. other besides that yeah but i don't know sorry that's, that's not that's not that bad but, but no you're fine it didn't, it didn't affect the movie for me, but I, it's just a question i had right <laughs> yeah um and i know also around here is we also cut over to see that Dave has stabbed his wife, and she's bleeding out, and should probably be dead by now. But it looks like she is, you know, slowly dying. And then, so it was him that stabbed go, her. That is what happened. What's that? So it, it was her that killed him. I mean, the opposite. It was him yes. that stabbed her. Yeah. Okay. Yep, that's one that yeah, doing all the stuff like that. And then, um, I think this is around the time where it actually shifts back to like. Uh, while everybody is back at the house, where I believe it's May that is saying that Dagmar isn't necessarily the one to worry about, and we kind of learned that they oh, were sacrificed hey, we talk about him to the gods. Stabbing himself in the eye. Uh, that happens here after it's revealed that the Dagmars were sacrificed to the gods that were buried where the house was built, gotcha. and that they were used for that. And then yes, he stabs himself. I thought it was wild that he just grabbed his fire poker and then puts an end to everything. Yeah, I thought he was going to attack them with it. <laughs> so did I. Yeah, yeah that's so why I thought him to go, And that. I thought the effects, I know they, they said it was all practical for the most part. I think there was just a little bit of 3D, they said. But I think yeah. that was a practical shot, and that was pretty good. Most of, most of yeah, the practical think... shots look pretty good. Like like you were just saying, with Cat being laying there in that pool of blood with the knife in her, that was pretty good. Um, yep. Some we're gonna see here in a few minutes is pretty good with some, with some neck work. Well, yeah, because this yeah. from. 
Well, it's funny because, yeah, this is where things kind of hit the climax and just get wild because once he stabs himself, they all go to flee. And then this is where we kind of were talking about this a little bit ago is that Dave is at the door and he blows May's head off with a shotgun and things start to get crazy from there. Yeah, and you know what? We I don't think we mentioned to set up this set up this moment. We need to mention one more thing that we skipped. Uh, the bar scene with Dave going to the bar. No, we already had talked about that. He already had went in and shot the waitress. Oh, I, don't, yeah, I, I thought we talked was, about that earlier. Okay, my fault. I know yeah, we talked yeah. about. No, it. that was um, that was actually the night before when uh, yeah, it randomly cuts over to there and then goes back to where like for all the nightmare sequence happened. Okay, okay, yeah, I didn't know if we had added that in there when we talked about it though when he went in because that's when they set up that this raid is they were about to get into is going to happen. Yep. Because they're like we gotta take because it's like we gotta take care of it ourselves then, if they're not gonna do it, type thing. And actually, in my notes, I actually had wrote that the joke is real because we literally have a mob of people coming to the house to kind of, I guess, help the Dagmars do what they should have been doing. And then this is where we get like a wind whispering to Anne, that's Bobby, her son, telling her that they have to leave. But of course, they can't because of how many people are, you know, coming to their house. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it gets, this is where it gets really crazy. Like, with all the people coming, and, I, like, again, I still didn't understand yep. the, because uh, it kind of changes to a different movie then because now they're coming to make make the sacrifice themselves. So it's like... Well, yeah, and it also becomes kind of like a siege narrative where they're trying to survive while all these people are attacking. Yeah, and they don't... Well, I guess they don't really have a choice. They can only lock the one door since he just blew, he blows May's head off as soon as she walks yep. out the door. So he can only lock that door, but they didn't, they didn't really... Wait a minute. Did they lock the door? Because I feel like they just walk in. I feel like she locked uh, the door, though, didn't she? Or she just ducks. <laughs> I don't... See, the weird thing is, though, this is an old house. They might not have locks on the doors. Oh, wow. Okay, that's yeah, possible. Just because if the, if the house really hasn't been updated since, like, the... I don't know, like the early 1900s, it might literally just be, you know, and I mean, it's just this married couple living there, so they might not have anything like that and not necessarily Because they don't have neighbors that are close by either, so. Right. So there's no telling, yeah. I just thought it was because I felt like she closed it, but she may have literally just closed it and went upstairs. Because then they run upstairs to try to uh, see what they're going to do. And that's then when they go up there yeah. and they see like how many people are running toward the house. So I'm like, oh my God! So I didn't, you know what? You know what? I never understand why the Dagmar house didn't kill him, and we're about to get into that. But what what did they think was going to happen? Like, so is this something that happened? What you know what it is, right? He said it happened in yeah, the last I, time, right? Yeah, because I think what their plan was. I mean, the only way I can think of it is since the house hasn't sacrificed them yet, they were going to come there and just sacrifice them themselves in hope that that would make the house happy but it almost feels like the house no longer wants what they think and that it actually wants to punish the town and i didn't understand that either that because we never understand really what the house wants really and i never i mean outside of what everybody keeps claiming and then i mean we do get the you know newspaper headlines here in a little bit but like it just doesn't it doesn't drive to me because they didn't kill him well, we'll see. They don't kill. They they end up 
surviving just by staying in that room, pretty much. Because <laughs> yes, the dag bar is going to come yeah. into play. Because I think it was a cool scene where the dude's like, I knew he was dead meat by the way he said it, but when he's just walking over in the hallway, and he's like, I don't see anybody. <laughs> and then you just see him like get exploded. <laughs> through the well, chest I still understand him. why I, if a bunch of people were rallying people to like go do this, like I wouldn't want to go into a haunted house and try to do any of this. And if you know the ghosts are going to kill people, there's going to be some yeah. collateral damage. You know that. So why would you oh, want to, sure. cause I feel like there's some people that, don't go in right away because you only see like handfuls of people walking in at a time, right? Yeah, there's you. I think so. I feel like they're coming in waves almost, not like all at one time. Yeah, because I mean, there's only like four or five people that get killed like in total, and those are all the ones that actually came in. Yeah, but yeah, I, I didn't. I wouldn't. I wasn't clear on why you would go in there, and I wasn't clear on. Why the Dagmar wouldn't just kill everybody, even even that couple? Like I still, I still never, I still never will at the at the credits. I never will, except for did we talk about that on here or was it the pregame about the deal with Bobby? I think there's some Bobby made a deal behind the scenes that we don't know about. I mean, it's possible. I don't like it. Like that's actually something that bothers me about the movie. You think he made a deal? Like I I will stay here. You can have my soul if you don't. I mean, I'm stuck on the problem that, like, he didn't die there, so I don't know why his soul would be there in the first place. Yeah, why his soul would be so, like, drug, drug from with his mom, I guess? Is that what they're saying? Right, like, that's just problematic for me. And the fact that we never know anything about him except for he's a stoner? Did he say that? Yeah, that he was just... He was stony? Their only child. Like, stony? I feel like they said something like that uh, about him. I and mean, you see his picture, he looks kind of... Like I a mean, free he does spirit. look kind of rugged. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I feel like I feel like there was a comment some the dad makes, Paul makes, that he's always kind of stony, like saying he's a stoner. I don't know. I may be off of that, but I feel like I heard that that line earlier in the movie. But um, you still got me here? Like I lost you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that, man. But um, so now we're getting the kills here. We actually get a, a good look. What did you think about? The uh, the actual effects of the monsters, like the way they looked. What did you think about? Cause we get we get a lot of shots of them here. I mean, I thought the effects through here were. I mean, I wasn't expecting some of this stuff, but like, I thought the effects in this section of it were really good. I mean, like, there's a ton of blood and gore and just stuff like that that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, it I gets even really liked bloody. The, look of the entities. It gets really bloody. Yeah, end. I didn't expect that. At all. And I mean, I thought them looking like they're on fire, I thought that looked better than what we got in, like, Jug Face. Oh, where, yeah, that you know, was that person awful. was all smoky. Yeah, that was awful. This person, these people look like they're literally still on fire, so, like, you can feel the heat coming off of them, and you can see, like... Yeah, you kind of see, like, some embers. Kind of a little bit of wisp. You see, like, kind of, yeah. like, a little embering going on in their skin, almost? You know, like, when they do those close-ups, and you can kind of see, like, the orange from the fire, almost? Yeah, no, I thought that all looked good. Yeah, I thought I thought they did a pretty good job. And they did a good job of keeping it like minimal peaks throughout the movie, so you didn't ever get a, a clean look at them until closer to the end. Right. Which I think that's a better way to do it because you always wanna you wanna show that there's a monster, but you don't wanna give it away all the way. So I like I like that exactly. you didn't get like clear views of them, get like quick glances. I think when we when we do see anything, right. except for that dream. No, I, I think agree. that dream we got a, a quick, but that was real quick because there's just flashes of him seeing them. But besides that, 
Yeah, I think I think it did a really good job with that part. And um, I think it's kind of um, it's kind of I don't know. How, oh, the stairs. Let me, let me talk about the stairs real quick. So I said it was yep. um, with Nightmare on Elm Street, and the way they did the stairs mm -hmm. to make them get in there, they got they got mashed potatoes and mixed it with something else. Cause that's the the stairs was actually done on the sound stage. It wasn't part of the house okay. that they because they actually rented an actual house, and they rented all yeah. the cars and all that. So they actually made this on the sound stage, but they made it out of potatoes and let them something they mixed with it and let it get hard and kind of age and put uh, black. I think it was like a black food coloring in it or something. So that way, when the guy's like walking up there, it would, it would be the nightmare effect where he kind of slides down and gets pulled down into the stairs, kind of. So when we get the big guy that gets that's going up the stairs and he gets pulled, well, it was after the big guy. I think it was the second guy that's trying to yeah. go up, and he's the one that gets pulled down in there. Because I think the the first big guy he gets pulled off of the stairs, or does he go down in the hole too? I thought he did too, but I think he just kind of disappears. Yeah, he just gets kind of burnt to. Yeah, you're right. He just kind of burns up. And it's, yeah. It looks like it's his ass that's the darkness on the stairs. But yeah, I thought it was cool that yes, just used yeah. like <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> I it's it's creative. I also like the camera effect they did with that, where it starts spinning. Oh yeah, that was kind of cool. As it gets sucked down into it. Yeah, it I gives like you that. kind of a perspective of it spinning out of control. Yep. But yeah, yeah, I think all the kills here at the end are pretty cool. When so, let me ask you this: so you're, you're raiding a house, right? You and the town mm -hmm. are deciding you guys are going to raid a house, and you all running full blast, and then. Before you get to your time to get in there, you're seeing people are just, I don't know if you know that people are getting killed or you got to hear something. So then when you get your chance and you go in and you see all this blood everywhere, you don't say, you nope. don't say screw it and just turn around. You're going to go upstairs and try to continue the mission. This lady, no, this lady is ridiculous. Backwards. This lady's ridiculous. The lady that's going to continue the mission after it's, there's blood on every wall of this house. Nope. And she's got to still continue the mission and try to kill him. And she gets she gets what she deserves because I think it's what is she holding? Because I, was she had a did she have a mannequin arm? What was I what was I not seeing when when uh, uh, Anne is at the window when the lady walks in and she's acting like yeah. she's looking out the window, but her arm is weird because the lady can't see she's holding knives. But I don't know does she have a fake arm? What is she? It looks like her arm is doing something. I don't. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Hand, but I know. I know what you're. I know what you're talking about. But I don't know what it is. It felt like she had a. At first, I thought it was a mannequin that they had placed, <laughs> and then when we get closer, it's not a mannequin. It's her with her with the knives, yeah. and her arm is like bent with the knives. So then, when the lady grabs her arm, it's not her arm. It's. I didn't, it was something there. I don't. I have to go back and rewatch it. I feel like she had a fake, a prop, a prop arm or something. I, was somebody an artist in this movie? I don't even remember. To where they would have mannequins available. I feel like she's got a. Have you seen Once Upon a Time in Mexico? The third. I have not. Okay, you never seen that third mariachi trilogy or whatever. <laughs> okay. I've actually not seen any of. Them. Oh my God! Seriously. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> That's a. <laughs> Anyways, Johnny Depp has a fake arm, and he it looks like that fake arm. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it. I feel like she has a fake arm or a jack. Her arm 
out of the sleeve or something? Anyways. Well, it's. I know what's interesting is that her death is actually paying homage to Dario Argento's Tenebrae, where in that one, somebody has their arm severed and blood sprays all over a white wall. So I do think it's something like that. And I'm wondering, the only other thing I can think of is that they, Dagmars did something and it holds like the arm I don't know. I'm trying to come up with. I'm what trying to. I, I got to go back and watch it again because I got to see it. Either she's got her arm like, it looks like she's got one arm on the window and one arm hanging or something. But really, she's got the other arm. I'm, I'm gonna go back and watch it. If you if you recently watched the movie and you listen to this podcast, you know what I'm talking about. I I totally saw it. <laughs> but um, hold on. It was something I was about to hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, okay. When she first pulls out these knives, did you see the the Freddy glove thing that she does? I just wanted to step back and say that real I, quick. She, I thought she had a yeah. I saw something like that. Yeah. I thought she had a Freddy glove when I first saw that. I was like, why does she has a Freddy glove? I didn't realize it was a set of snake <laughs> knives. Because <laughs> the way she was holding them, she spread them out like it was like a finger glove. So when one of them fell down, yeah. I didn't realize it was a knife until they fell down. So I was like, why does she have that? that? That's what I thought it was at first. She literally spreads them out like yeah. Freddie like Freddy spread them in the glove. I was like, so there's, I, I love that because Nightmare is my favorite horror movie. So I love that. Anytime somebody well, throws a knife to, to Nightmare. Because doesn't she put them between her like fingers? She she spreads them, yeah, with her fingers almost. Yeah. Well, yeah, I got, that, all I have I is this. And I was like, okay. So yeah, but. She knives her in the throat, and we get that. So that's another homage with the squirting blood on the white wall kind of thing. Okay. Yep. So I didn't know that, but that's that's. it looked like they kind of held on that shot. So I figured it was something the way they held on that shot. So it makes sense. I've only seen that movie once as well, so I didn't pick up on that, but it makes sense now after, like, seeing it. Yeah, because they, they kind of hold on that shot, so you really get to see the blood squirting on the wall. You really, you really yep. get a good shot of that. So it makes a lot of sense. And then, so... This is the ending coming up here, and this is, I have some questions here. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying again with the Dagmar and the and the house. So they're hearing their son's voice still, right? Telling them to leave? Is that still happening? Yep. So they go downstairs, I right? I believe so, yeah. Mm -hmm. And while they're down there, they run into Dave, who's just, he. I guess he was the final wave of people. So he's walking through the, well, he came first, actually. But I think he must have stepped back out after he killed that lady, because I didn't see him... Was he walking through the house this whole time? I don't know what he was doing because he must have went back out. Or maybe he killed her and or he like, stepped back and said, go, charge. Everybody else. Could have been. Yeah, because he does disappear. Like He's not in the house, I don't remember, until Because the house is big, but it's not big enough to, to get lost in. It's not that big. Right. So everybody couldn't be just walking around and not see each other. So, yeah, he must have right. came back later. But he catches him and... Uh, He's got the gun on him, and then that's when we get the interaction with the Dagmars and him, right? Yep. Where they're talking. Well, he's talking to them, I guess. So this is what I didn't understand, because he's asking them why they didn't kill him, right? Yeah, why didn't why they yeah, why they Why didn't is it taking so family? long for them to do it? And yep. that that this is where I'm confused between the house. This is what makes me confused. Because I don't understand the 30 years and the Dagmars having to kill a family, but they were a family. So I don't understand. So who was, you understand what I'm saying? 
Like, they were one of the families. I almost... So I felt like they were just The getting, only thing... But they weren't the 49 family. They were the 1859 family, right? Yes. Okay, so they weren't even the last... So where's the last family? Why come they're not getting revenge? Like, I, I don't why understand I why they're the family that's getting revenge. I think the Dagmars were the ones that were the first family to be sacrificed, so that's why they take that form. And and it seems to me that the house didn't want the family that like moved in. I don't know why. That's never explained. But it almost seems like Dave is what the house wants because everything kind of stops after they take him. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. But so they wanted him the whole time. And like, like I, that part is kind of weird, right? I think, I think for the like, for this like time around like the nineteen seventy nine, in order to appease the like entity now, I think it needs Dave. Like, I think it was fine for what happened, you know, thirty years prior. But I think like for the seventy nine time to for that to go away, they need him. See, it felt, at least it that's the way weird. I'm reading I mean, it. I guess that makes sense, but it feels weird that the rules would change. Like, it seemed like the rules would be set in stone for some reason. But, I mean, if you kind of look at how, like, the headlines, none of them are ever kind of, outside of giving it a family, it always kind of manifests differently. Well, I guess that's kind so of... So it true. almost seems like it kind of alters what it's doing. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, kind of. But at the same time, that makes me, that's what confuses me, because I never understand, oh, no, like, because I, I don't understand Dave's backstory to understand if he was even there the last time or not, because they never, right. I feel like he was, but it's just me thinking that he I was. I feel like he would have to be. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I feel like without without that information, like, it makes it, it makes it kind of hard to really be, for me to be sure what's, what what the deal was. So that, at the end, right. I'm, I'm confused how they, and then they don't. They, they never lay a hand on them, which is weird. Which makes me go back to, like, why were they pretending to be their son if they weren't really going to kill him? Like, I, didn't un- I don't understand. Like, I don't understand the toying of the Dagmars with Ann and Paul. Like, I never understand why they never... There's only, like, that dream is sinister, but it's a dream. It might not even have happened. I don't know. Well, it doesn't make sense, like you're saying, to toy with them if they're not actually going to be the ones that are killed. Because, I mean, they could literally just not do anything and then wait until the town gets all riled up like it does to come out and try to put an end to everything. Yeah, and then just show up there. And then show up then, right. So, I mean, yeah, that, I just that think there's mythology here that's not fully thought out. And it, it's that's related to Jugface because it was a mythology in that that was kind of implied but not detailed out, really. So, I felt, right. I felt kind of the same thing with that one where I, didn't, I wasn't 100% sure kind of about, kind of like the whole setup with how we got here. I never knew, understood how we got here. I didn't know if the 30 years was no. real or was that something the city thought it was everything. I don't know. Like, I never knew for sure. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, yeah, because we don't figure it out until we start to get over the credits, the headlines where it does, you know, line up for the 30 years, like on the dot, it looks like. But, like, before that, we actually don't get that or why it's 30 years. Yeah, and then there's a thing where I feel like he said the last time that it started killing other people was in 49. So that makes me think that in 49, they they were the ones that killed the family as a sacrifice, not the Dagmars or whatever. 
Does that make sense? You know, do you remember that line being said? Yep, so I have it wrote down. Because there was somebody that. said that they were like, I think it was Dave that said that in 49 they got out and they were killing people and then we had to make a make the sacrifice or something. Was it Dave? Yeah, because it, it starts to kill the town. Yeah. But I feel like he said it was in 49 when that happened. So it was the last iteration of the 30 year. So I feel yep. like that means that the town killed somebody then... But it wasn't the Dagmars that killed. So that's why I got. That's why I started getting confused with some of the. Well, I mean that would make. But I mean, if they were the ones that killed, that could be why they wanted the town for the seventy nine because they didn't actually get their sacrifice. It was kind of forced upon them. So it could be that's oh, why that okay, I got you. now they want the town. Now they want them instead of a sacrifice. I don't know. It could go either way. Instead of the one that they're trying to give. Yeah, yeah it can go. It can go either way. <laughs> okay, but. The ending is... I didn't really care for this ending, honestly. Um, how? What do you think, man? Because... I mean, they just I was glad that right? we at least... After they kill Dave, they just disappear. Yes. But we get some wispy wind, and we get some voices. The mom goes directly but to I mean, the voice. But I mean, the other thing to kind of keep in mind here is that the curse is probably broken for another 30 years. I mean, I guess. I don't know. So <laughs> That's the problem. That's the only problem. I don't know. I don't know the rules, really. I mean, I guess it's broken, but I don't know. Because I don't ever know, like, do they have to kill a certain amount of people? Or it's just a certain, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's generic, like a family. Well, I guess three people's a family. So as long as they kill more than three people, I guess that's how you need. I don't know. What's the recipe? I don't know. Well, cause, I mean, we don't ever naturally get outside of 1859 how many people were in that family. Because I feel like so I feel like, like it should be the same amount of people that are that were in that original family that got killed. But I don't think we ever know how many people were in that family. So well, I guess I'm guessing a mom, a dad, and a daughter. I guess. Uh, yeah, cause, I mean, that's what. It, uh, yeah, because it looks like the names are it's Lysander, Eloise, and Fiona. Are the uh, okay. that that original? Film gotcha. That so okay. So yeah. So it was three. So I don't know if they just needed to kill it a minimum of three people, and then everything else was just gravy, or I don't know. Yeah, cause that would be interesting because that would have been. Now, obviously, they didn't kill May, but May, Jacob, and Harry would have been, you know, a family of three. Yeah. So I guess I mean, I guess his soul would count as a. Or maybe they didn't kill him because it was only two of them and that wasn't enough <laughs> to complete the family. I don't know. Maybe they needed a third person and their son was already dead, so that kind of ruined it. It could have, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, man. <laughs> well, we're at the end here and then right, right before the ending ending credits, we get what? We hear here the dad's like Bobby or something. Yeah, I think something like that, which so, wasn't the biggest on, fan of this. So the mom walks around the corner. Let me let me remember. The dad's still standing by the door where they were. The mom walks around the corner. Does she go down into the basement? Is that where she went? I, I'm guessing, right? I don't... Re I think so. So... I need... I think we talked about this, but I need to see a Force Ghost Bobby. I need to see... I need to see him standing there, like, 
like Pet Cemetery. What's that guy's name? Pascal or whatever. I need to see him. Yeah. I need to see him be there if if we're gonna do this, because I don't think it's necessary unless you stick with he. They're they're using it to the the Dagmars are using it or the house is using that that their son died to get them. If they're not if you're not doing that, I don't and we don't get to see him. I don't think that needs to be in the movie. That's. I don't know. I mean, I'm fine with using him as like a thing early on. But it's, but I it's got to be like so they can as, attack him, though. It can't be just for fun. Right. I don't it's like. Be for I don't like the idea of them using of him actually being there. Yeah. Because it doesn't make sense that his soul. I don't. I mean, I guess obviously we're conjecturing about something that doesn't have actual rules, but I just none of this stuff ever happens in a movie like this, yeah. and. And you're not fully explaining on why he would be there. I just, I mean, you could have ended the shot with the mom and him standing there, like in a, and he's like in a ghostly, you know, form, some kind of way, or maybe he's just, you know, turn down his, <laughs> turn it down and make him kind of like he's, you can see through him a little bit. I don't know, whatever you want to do, yeah. but it, he, he needs to be there. I think, if if you're gonna do that, and they did it, then he needs to be there. Right. Or he needs to be there when the Dagmars are standing there just watch, looking at him. Then he needs to walk out or something and be like, I stopped, like the scene I described earlier where he says, he makes a deal with them, don't kill my parents and I can, I'll can i stay here with you forever. Like there needs to be that that deal. or so, I mean, I'm not saying that it's good. I'm not saying do it. I'm saying if you're going to do it, <laughs> then go all the way with it. Like I feel like, Sometimes movies do stuff you shouldn't do, but if you're gonna do it, then do it. Don't don't just have do something you shouldn't do. If you're gonna if you shouldn't do it and you wanna do it, just just go all out with it. Like don't I don't know, I feel like I feel like if you're gonna do something like that, just overdo it. That's my final answer on that. Just overdo it if you're gonna if you're gonna do something that doesn't Fair really enough. need to be there, then really make it a send up and really overdo it. I think. Right. But anyways, alright man, so I think that's the end of the movie, man. We get Bobby, and then we get <laughs> We Are Still Here. You want to know how I remember the title of this movie? Just for no reason. How's that? Have you seen The Matrix uh, Reloaded? Yep. And it's at the end. They're in the city doing the, and uh, Morpheus is doing the speech, Lawrence Fishburne. And at the end of his speech, he says, that, We're still here. And I was, <laughs> every time I see that title, I imagine him, like, looking into the crowd and just saying that, that, We're still here. So every time I would search it, I would be saying that in my head. <laughs> I don't know why. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta you do. To remember it. All right, man, you ready to review this this movie, man? Get the final numbers out. Um, actually, if you wanted to, I actually wrote down some of the uh, newspaper headlines. Oh, okay. And yeah, let's if talk you want, I can actually, because I I was kind of curious as to some of this stuff. Well, the first one is the mortuary started construction in 1859. Okay. Is what it said. And then a bunch of cattle are killed, and that there's a curse on the crops. And then a fire is set to punish them, thinking that it would fix it. Is kind of there's a so a fire happens here, so that was kind of me just saying like, oh, this is you know kind of a punishment there. And then it sounds like they don't ever have like a headline as to why everything gets fixed, but then it shifts over to 1889, where a guy comes to turn around the town. And then another headline was Death, the Curse Has Returned. And then it looks like in 1919 there was another drought and then thought of a curse again. I guess the town's name is Aylesbury. 
And then there is a rain returns after a sacrifice is what it kind of seems to end the drought then. And then it looks like there was a mysterious illness with poison in the water and a series of miscarriages. Then we have the river runs black in 1949. I think that might have been due to a local mill might have been a part of that. And then there was a quarantine, which is kind of fitting, you know, for the era that we're living in now. And then also in 49 is relatives of the missing family seek answers. And the last thing they had was an ad in the paper to um, to fill in this house that has no residence for 30 years. Okay, so I, I, I was looking at them, but I wasn't looking at, the, looking at them that close, I guess. Because I didn't catch the crop, the uh, cattle thing. So is that yep. how it all starts? Is that what they're saying? That the, they did, uh, they I don't necessarily know if it's how it... And the, and the cattle was like a... Was the cattle a response from the the land? Is that what they were saying? The cattle being dead I and, think the, what and the rivers of blood or whatever? Or Black River? Was that I from... think it was the fire was set on the house, and then I think the curse started to kind of attack other things. Okay. Or I think the cattle started to die, and then there was a curse on the crop, so then the fire was uh, the burning down of the mortuary, and then that was them thinking that it would fix their issues because that whatever was under the, like, whatever was living on the land there didn't want them to do that. So did we ever know if the story is true or not? Did they really um, not bury the bodies and sell them? Did we ever know if that was true or not? I don't think that was real. I think that was kind of the justification that they say. I think literally they... Because they lie in the story because he says that they ran them off, but they didn't run them off. They just burned them up. Yeah. So I think what they were doing, I think that when they built the house there is when, like, the cattle started dying and stuff. So I think it was the town, I think the town really does all these sacrifices to these, you know, entities here for the most part. And then that's what they think is what they Oh, so you're saying saying that they set up the family, is that what the movie's saying? That they set up that family originally as a sacrifice? Well, they're the to ones that the set problem. the fire, so I, th- I think that's what. Yeah, I think the town set the fire. No, no, I'm saying, are, are they saying that the, that the the town set up the Dagmars, as a sacrifice to the land or house or whatever, and that's why they built the house as a, to set them up as the sacrifice. Well, no, I think the house being built there started the curse. So then when they set fire to the house, killing the Dagmars, the curse ended. Okay. At least they thought it ended. But then it came back, you know, every And that's years. when they were like, well, it, when they got killed, then it stopped for 30 years. So that's what we got to do. We got to kill a family. Yep, exactly. Okay. okay, there we go. We solved it. <laughs> that's the mystery. Okay. Okay, sometimes you got to walk through it. <laughs> okay. All right, man. Well, you know what? I, and also, I want to throw in, I don't know if I said it already. I think I may have said it earlier, but I'll say it again. Originally, they, they uh, wanted to put that that little slide, instead of having that as the credits, that was going to be in the opening credits instead of the ending credits, which I said that I thought, and they I, I do agree that it may give away too much, but at the same time, I feel like people wouldn't be paying close enough attention, and it would, it would give you a couple things you would remember, that, but it wouldn't, I don't think it would make you know too much about the movie. I just feel like it would add another layer of what you'd be expecting, maybe. It'd make you expect something different, possibly. Yeah. But I don't think it would 
take away because I, I didn't even remember and I just watched it and I don't even remember the <laughs> stuff that you wrote down at the beginning. So I couldn't imagine at the end of the movie yeah. and everything that happens, I would remember all that stuff. I'm glad they at least included it because when I saw it come up, I was like, oh, sweet. Like, this is going to fill in yeah, that some was, information. I think here. that's a great way to do your credits, to be honest with you. I think that's a because it, it keeps you there. And that's the point. You exactly. want the person to stay there. That's that's what I think is great is that, like you were saying right there for that, I don't think it necessarily – the only thing I could see why you'd move it to the end credits is that you're afraid that it is going to give away things that not necessarily spoil the movie, but it might shift your expectations. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you could put them either place, and I'd be completely fine with it. I'm just glad they included it. Yeah, I think I think it was great to have it. Just as just as a little stinger, a little stinger at the back, at the back end, because we get that exactly. last. I mean, I wish something else would have happened. Because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't understand the point of that. We just get a piano yeah. ding as a very like you get that same room and then you get a piano ding. And black green, like oh creepy, what is that? <laughs> I don't know. So I didn't, I didn't understand why right. something else couldn't happen. I don't know anything happened besides that. So, okay, well, that's the end of that movie, guys. That is, we are still here, but not, not delivered that way. But not, <laughs> not yelled by Morpheus. Not a Shakespearean delivery of a line. No. Okay, um, all right, man, you want to get to, get into the reviews of it? Yeah. All right, man, you want to go first on that one, or you want me to go first on that first category? Uh, I can go first on it. All right, uh, for the So for acting, I thought that for the most part i mean the core group of people i think are solid i mean i'll admit i'm a huge fan of barbara crampton so i thought she was solid here especially that she so badly wants this to be the way it is to her that she won't even see facts i think that's kind of an interesting kind of thing to play with here i like fezzedin i thought lisa marie was also good the only one of the main cast would be you know the actor that plays Paul, I think he was a little bit kind of, I guess, I think he's fine, but I don't necessarily think he necessarily shows the range that I would necessarily want. And then not all of the other kind of minor characters were all that, like, great to me. They're not bad. So I came in with a 3.5 as the acting for me on this movie. Man, we're right on the same page, man, because that's that's where I am. I made a 3.5. Man, I really liked... I don't know, I didn't, I mean, Paul showed some range at the end, but he was okay, but I didn't, I thought he was a little too dry. The mom also was a little too, I don't know. They didn't really have a lot to do early in the movie, so I guess maybe that's, yeah, that's, that's why, maybe. I don't know, but I didn't really feel anything great from them. I did, I liked the couple. Uh, May, May was a little too much for me at times. Some of her, <laughs> she had a really creepy facial ratio maybe her eyes yeah. seem really big really big and really dark but when i see her her regular imd pic it doesn't look like that so they did something to alter her image some kind of way but she has a really dark scare and that that scares me when i see a girl with really big large dark eyes that scares me because i always imagine like waking up in the middle of the night and she's laying next to you just staring at you so <laughs> but I, I i enjoyed uh the performances, but I only gave it a 3.5 because besides our main, uh, so I really liked our fake Jack Torrance guy. I thought he was good. 
but besides yeah. him, he I really enjoyed him a lot. He was my favorite. If I had to give a favorite character, he'd be my favorite, probably character from this story. And I like Dave, even though he was kind of un, undefined his full story or his full yeah. Even what he what he was to the city, I don't think we ever told that he's. Are we ever told what he is? He's the mayor or something. I don't know. We never. I he feels think like a so. mayor or something of a city. I don't know what he is. Though. He's some sort of power in the town. I don't necessarily know what that is. I mean, though. he can shoot people in the head every time he comes to the door. So, but <laughs> I mean, he played it with with enough minutes. So I'm I'm gonna give it a three point five. That's that's where I'm at too. Okay. Okay. And then for the cinematography, I actually and I mean, including the effects here, I thought that they did some really cool things with how they did some of the shots and everything. I know they don't necessarily give us what we necessarily would expect when you're giving some of the establishing shots outside, but I thought that the effects during the climax, though, get real wild and, like, the blood gore and everything like that. I love they went practical for everything that they could in this movie. All of the, you know, homages they're paying as well. So I came in with a four on this category. Wow, man, we're in sync today, man, because I got a four on this one as well. Um, But... I really enjoyed the uh, the cinematography. It's not it's not the same as say when we did. Uh, I can't even remember the first podcast. I can't remember the name of the movie now. Crap. <laughs> uh, Starry Eyes. Not Starry Eyes. What was the first one we did? Oh, uh, Super Dark. Super Times. Dark Times. The, it's not that le- not that style of cinematography, but it's it's more of a classic style. And I really like that style from the older movies where, yeah. where you really build a, and, and mm-hmm. you build up the whole uh, scene and everything in the scene becomes important because you're looking to not solve a mystery, but almost like a mystery. So I really like those kind of shots where, where you're looking at everything. We get really slow scenes where there's not a lot of cuts and there's not a lot of jumping around and we're kind of focusing in on a space more than just a certain character, if that makes sense. So I really yeah. enjoyed that throughout the film, how they did that. And like we said, it gets crazy at the end. And I did enjoy that that shift and the effects I thought were done well. So that, that's why I gave it a four. I thought I thought we got pretty good. This is probably one of the, I, I don't know, I guess Jug Face was kind of like that. I don't know. I, I, like, I, I just like that kind of, that pacing of a movie and that style. So it always yeah. gets me. Because like I said, I was saying Shining and all that. Because it felt like kind of like that to me. So I'm going to go for right. it. That's my final answer. All right. And then for music, I really don't recall a whole lot of like the music. I know they were playing some on like the record player and everything like that. For like the sound design itself doesn't necessarily stand out to me, so I came in with a very kind of you know middle of the road score where I came in with a two point five. I mean, I probably could even went down to a two just because it, but it fit for what was needed. It just didn't stick out to me, and so I can't really go any higher. Okay, we finally get a breaking point where we're gonna differ. I got, I mean, slightly different anyways. I got a three point on this one. I went just slightly okay. higher than you. Uh, same. Same thing though. I didn't feel like any specific songs stuck out to me, and I don't feel like they had any special uses for it. I guess, like we we're talking about super dark times, and they they kind of used the music for purposes within the editing. This movie was more just to build like an an ambiance of the whole 
horror, I mean, the whole yeah. haunted feel where every sound you're attuned to felt like because you're trying to see if you can hear something. So, I mean, I did like that part of it, but at the same time, nothing stuck out to me. So that's why I gave it a three. I gave it a three for some of the the heavier stuff, but not for the stuff that would stick out because nothing stuck out. So 3.0. Right. Okay. And then for the story and plot, I really love the like Lovecraftian elements to it. I mean, the whole idea of like the haunted house. And I also like how we have this whole cult thing that we're playing with here. My problem with it is that there's not enough necessarily backstory that is given for some key elements for me. And I mean, just because we threw in the like newspaper headlines at the end, some of the stuff that we get kind of feels like an information dump. So, I mean, as much as I kind of like where everything ends up going and some of the stuff that we get, I had to come in with a three just because of kind of the issues that I had with some of the stuff where I still do like what they're giving to us still. Okay, uh, that's, that's fair. I'm, I'm, man, I don't know if it's because we haven't podcasted in a while or what, man. I'm at a three also. You said three, right? <laughs> you did yep. say three. Okay, I'm at a three also. I was going to say, make sure I heard that right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, um... I had some questions. I had a couple questions, man, and I just needed the same thing I needed with Jugface. I just need to know. I could just just give me two minutes. You could you could break up the yeah. two minutes, but I just need to get somebody to give me some information about about the town. Like I know we get that dump at the end when it's over, but yep. I want to know some of that stuff earlier. I want to understand what's going on. I mean, you don't have to break it because I think it's cool how the town is in on it and you don't really expect that, really. Right. So that's that's cool. You don't have to spoil that, but you can give me some background. You can have an old neighbor or something that they meet walking or something. I don't mm -hmm. know. any Anything. Yeah. You, or somebody they met in town and then maybe Dave walks up and that person's scared out of their mind or something. Like, anything. That, that gives him some minutes. I mean, so... And also, the second part is the Dagmar and House thing. I was so confused about if they were a tag team or if it was boss and employee. I didn't know for sure. So just because of that, like, the best I can... I mean, I think it's a cool idea, and I think it's it was done very well, but there's too many questions that could have been fixed with simple answers, I think. Or at least just... No, I agree. Just yeah. to give you somewhere to, to think. as a direction. So I'm going to give it a three. Is the best I can... It could have actually... And I hate to say this because I did like it. I could have actually gave it a 2.5 because that really bothered me at the yeah. end. That I didn't like the ending at all. I thought something else should have happened. I don't know what, but I thought something else should have yeah. happened. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you on that, though. I, I agree. It just, it, it just felt lackluster with everything else that was going on because, I don't know. I mean, I guess Dave was evil, so he had to yeah. die, but that I wasn't, <laughs> right. I wasn't looking for him to die. Like, that's not what I was... That, that's not satisfying for me because that's not what I would... We weren't building him up enough as a bad... I mean, he killed two people, so I guess it's weird to say that we're not building him up as a bad guy, but we weren't really building up him as a threat to them. I don't think we ever built that up, so him dying doesn't... I don't know. 3.0. 3. 3. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I'll, 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 okay. I'll close it with a 3.0. <laughs> All right. And then for experience... I mean, despite some of the issues that I have with the story and 
some of the other just minor kind of quibbles here and there. I actually had a lot of fun with this movie. I didn't necessarily expect it to go like as wild as it does at the climax. So, I mean, that's actually something that kind of sets it apart from, you know, the same type of like narratives. So I came in with a four for my experience just with a, that I enjoyed it as much as I did. Man, you're killing me here, man. <laughs> okay, guys, I, I want to shock you again. I got a four on my experience <laughs> as well. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Okay, so I had a lot of fun with the movie, and even though I had issues with it, it didn't take away from my enjoyment of the movie. I mean, I think they did a great job. I think the story was, I think that's a, I, even if I don't understand your premise, or even if I don't agree with your premise, or your ending, or whatever you mm -hmm. got set up, yeah. if you do it well, and you do it something maybe interesting or a little different, Sometimes I, I think I give more credit for that than doing the same thing badly. Does that make sense? Agreed. So I feel like yeah, I give them a sure. little credit for that because they did try to try to put two things together that you usually don't see put together in this kind of movie. It usually goes one way or yep. the other, not not both. So I can give them credit for that. But, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, the way it was shot and the way that it was kind of paced, a lot. Like I said, I love a deliberate, deliberately slow pace where you're really kind of building the environment, also. So. I gave it a four, man. I mean, I liked the kills. I liked, there's a lot of stuff I liked about it. And I had fun with it, man. I mean, I really enjoyed it. So, like I said, 4.0 yeah. for me as well. Perfect. All right. And then, so my overall rating for this, I was kind of hovered between like a 7.58 for myself. Just because of how much I end up enjoying it, I end up coming in with an 8 just because I enjoyed it that much that I would give this an 8 overall. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're a little higher than me on that one. On that one, I'm going to come in closer to about a 70. So I'm a little bit, a okay. little bit lower, maybe a point lower. But yeah. I'm going to be closer to about a 70, 65, 65, 70 to be honest. I think it's a really good okay. movie as far yeah. as stylistically and the stuff they were doing. But at the same mm -hmm. time, I think for your average movie watcher, I think it'll be a little too slow early on. Oh, for sure. And they may not might not understand the payoff. And then for people that don't mind that, I think some of the problems with the ending might might affect their viewing on it. But besides that, I think if you just want a cool story and you want to present it in a really good way, I think that this is a good this is a good movie to check out, and I would recommend it. But at the same time, if I'm yeah. going for all those, I'm going to have to say about a 70 is the highest I could okay. go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, man. Um, and again, you say you would recommend it. I would recommend it. Oh, it's yeah. No, I would definitely sure. recommend 100% this one. 100% worth the watch. Yeah. All right, man. Yep, well, sure. Anything else you want to get into on, the, on this before we get ready to close this up? Uh, no, I think I've kind of went, ever, went through everything that I wanted to. Well, man, I'm glad to be back on here with you. Uh, I know we kind of took a little bit Same of a break, here. but we're glad to be back. Yeah. And I don't have any idea what the next movie will be. We usually decide that later, my man David here. Yeah, we'll figure that out and uh, get something out there for you. And make sure you're checking out Journey with a Cinefile, all the stuff Dave's got going. Get on all his social media, because this guy's a machine. He's working hard every day <laughs> to get you like all the information about any movie you could ever think of. So. <laughs> I mean, make sure that you're taking advantage of all the hard work that he's putting in here and you're getting all the information he's providing because it's, it's a lot of content and, I mean, I wish I could be like this guy. So he's a machine, David the Machine. Make sure you check out everything that he's got in his social media. He's, he's dropping stuff almost every day. 
So check him out. Well, well, I do appreciate that. And I mean, I would also say like you're doing some great stuff over there. Like I've seen some of the screenshots you've been putting up with some of the stuff that you've been shooting. And I mean, stuff looks really good. And I'm definitely intrigued, you know, at some point to check some of that stuff out as well myself. Yeah, but I don't know if we want to review that because it, <laughs> it's still the stuff I'm working on. But one day we'll, one hey. day maybe we can do a special yeah. if I actually get get something long enough. <laughs> we can check something out. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll figure it out sometime. <laughs> but I really appreciate it, man. And uh, you want to go yeah. ahead and close it out? Yep, sounds good to me. Um, I want to thank you guys for all listening to this. And, you know, I hope you enjoyed coming on this side quest with us. This is, you know, David from Journey with a Cinephile, and I'm here with... It's your man Jake from Dark Mariachi Studios. And I want to make sure that you guys uh, always tune in, check us out, let us know what you think about it. And don't forget, be one of us. Come on a journey with a cinephile. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. SideQuest. I think cinephiles are, are on this other end of the spectrum. But I think a cinephile is more of a student of cinema. A movie lover is going to be less discriminated. SideQuest. Drink some of this, Michael. Be one of us. Sometimes, that is better. I'm sick you seen one too many movies. No. Don't you blame the movie! Side quest. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Okay. Show me. Side quest. The podcast. You opened it. We came. It's just a podcast. We'll review your movie from every angle. Side quest.